Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to another episode of White Lion and Friends. I am actually not entirely sure what episode this is because I don't keep track of things like that. But um, again, I've got another one of our favourite people, reoccurring guests um, on the show. My Floyd and saviour, all the way from Oklahoma, Floyd Johnson Jr. How are you today, sir? I am well after... Uh, amazing night of escapism. You know, it just gets me in a good mood for Sunday. And I usually have to work on Sunday, so I was off today. So that even puts me in a better mood. Happy day. So you are still working during this whole pandemic? Yes, okay. yes I do. I do IT. So literally, right. my job, I can work from home. So. Okay. So you're looking at a computer screen whilst watching a TV screen with wrestling on it. Is that correct? Yeah. Correct. Good. I usually stuff. look at about five computer screens at a time. Which is really? Yeah. Wow. That is IT. Because <laughs> when people say they work in IT, no one really knows what that means. <laughs> you know? But do, do you do you work for like one of the big companies like Microsoft or someone like that? Or no, I can. The best I can say it, you know, not breaking any disclosure agreements, is I work for financial companies. And, right. you know, like traders and things like that. And I support them through their day. Okay. That's yeah. Awesome. So and since I work overnights, I mostly support people in Australia, uh, India, and the UK. Okay. So you're you're quite good with the time difference then. Because, I mean, sitting here now, it's um, Sunday evening and it's about 20 to 10 p.m. So what time is it where you are at the moment? Six hours, right? about what i don't know 20 to 5 340 Three, 340. oh 20 to, 20 to 4 all oh, yeah. oh, right how's the weather where you are right now uh i don't uh it was sunny earlier when i went and picked up groceries i did one of those they had the groceries ready and picked them up and it was pretty sunny and nice weather earlier uh apparently it's supposed to rain today but it's the oklahoma during this time of year it rains like all the time Okay. Does it is it quite like warm, like hot where you are? Because it's like Middle America, right? Yes, it is southwest. I guess as the best to say, we're not right in the middle, but we're uh, it gets pretty hot here, and tornadoes are our big weather that everybody gets afraid of. I, I would be terrified of a tornado. Like we don't get any of that over here. We just get because we're an island. We get like blasted by like wind. <laughs> like quite a lot so we have a lot of storms in that sense but we've never had anything like a tornado that would kind of literally you know ruin lives essentially so but it's actually been really warm here recently as soon as lockdown started the sun came out and there's mm -hmm. literally been maybe one week where or like a few days where it was gray and rainy but the rest of the time it's been really sunny and really nice and then everyone's locked in or like staying in or should be staying in if you're not staying in and you're listening to this show, stay fucking doors, you stupid people. But um, but yeah, uh, good to hear. Anyway, so um, I, I wanted to start the show. We're go we're going to predominantly talk like AEW's uh, double or nothing because Floyd is um, probably the biggest AEW fan that I know. I know that you know some other big uh, fans. I, I guess. Um, I always, I always, I always say. I, I don't know any bigger fans than me, but I know louder fans than me. People that tweet <laughs> more about it than me, uh, which is, uh, yeah, because I, I'm one of those people. Uh, 
I, I'll talk to you for hours on end, never shut up, but I don't like texting. I'm not a big fan of it, though, like, the whole idea, I've become more accustomed to it because that's how you communicate in the world that we're in now. But, yeah, it's not something I like to do. I will never be a person that can fire off, like, uh, 50 tweets a day because I don't like typing. <laughs> Too much exercise for your fingers. But then you work in IT. So yeah, you're... as I was going to say, no, that's what I, it's because of what, that's what I always do. It's like, you know, it's it would be like, you know, a garbage man, and he comes home, and his wife's like, take out the trash, and he kind of <laughs> gives her a shitty look. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, I take out trash all day, you know. Oh, I type good. all day. Are you are you a big are you a big techie like in general or not really? No, in? no, actually no. I I always tell people I fell into computers. I was I worked at Directv uh, as a call center rep, and they said, "Hey, you want to do tech support?" And I was like, "Yep." So and then I went to Sprint, and they uh, I worked there as customer service, and they like, "Do you want to do tech support?" And I was like, "Yep." And they was like, do you want to do advanced tech support? And I was like, is there a raise? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, I want to do that too. So every time I got to a job, they taught me more and more and more. And, you know, at the beginning, I started knowing how to work on computers. But no, I'm not to build my own server, have my own network guy at home. That's not really me. Honestly, other than doing podcasts, I really don't touch computers a lot when I'm not at work. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. it's funny when you hear like about people that work in those fields because you think that they're like extremely passionate about it, but you sound the opposite. No, like, it, it's not that. It's like it's not that I don't like them. I do like them. It's just I am not one of those people. It's like there are people out there that need to know how everything works. I don't. I just need to know how to support the people I need to support. I feel you. I feel you. That's like me, actually. I'm, I mean, I'm not the biggest techie. Um, I briefly worked in like a mobile phone, like cell phone shop, like a few years back, and uh -huh. I was like, <laughs> I was really out of my depth because I had no idea what people wanted or what, what they were even talking about when they came into the store. So it's um, a brief. Only the like, way I say briefly, I was literally only there like a few weeks. So I'm glad I kind of stepped away from that. So but, one um, thing I've learned to do is I can take very little information and figure out what a person's talking about because most people don't know how to describe their problem. So right. I've become like a mind reader in that way over my years. That's fair enough. I was going to say, I, I guess you get like the same sort of calls really like about the same sort of things as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm like a master of charades or you want me to guess the celebrity games and all the stuff. I'm master of those because I can generally tell what people are trying to get at without them saying the whole thing. Absolutely. Well, you've done so well with it anyway. I mean, you've been front row at AEW shows, so you must be earning all that. <laughs> um, anyway, I did want to start the show with, unfortunately, some sad news because um, I don't want to like ignore it. Um, so this week in the wrestling community, we lost um, two um, names. The first one is probably more well-known worldwide, I would say, being Shad, um, Shad Gaspard, who died. Um, so how do I explain this So for people that don't know? So he was at the beach um, and got caught in a riptide, um, from what I know, from what I've seen on the news outlets. Um, and just what I wanted to mention was how he saved his son 
like first because they were obviously in the water together and he literally pushed his son out and said you know save him and then they spent a few days looking for him um, and then I think he washed up maybe Friday um, and obviously the news was confirmed that he passed away at age 39 so um, yeah Shag Gaspard have you got any anything to add yeah um, I, uh, Crime Time was a tag team I liked uh, I know people that know Shad and they all said he was a good dude fun dude great dad and the fact that when they came, they actually reached him first and to be a person that says, you know, go check on my son first. Uh, I think, you know, definitely the word hero starting around too much, but definitely a hero, uh, in that situation. I, I've even talked about, I don't know if I, I would love to think I'm a person that could do that, but to be drowning, to be fighting against the water, and saying, and have a person right there ready to save you, and to say, "Don't save me, save my son." So in essence, you're choosing death. I don't know if I would be able to do that. Yeah, it's, it was a really sad story when I was reading about it because, like, I was everyone was kind of following it along as if to say, "Well, we're not actually sure if he's gone yet or what," you know, because it was um, a little bit confused. But um, to, like, I mean, he went out as a hero. Uh, but yeah, no, what you were just saying about uh, crime time, I, I loved them growing up. Like, I'm a little bit younger than you, but for, so for me, it was kind of growing up um, watching them. And I remember like maybe two years ago or something, I was always pulling for those two to be like a random Royal Rumble entry. You know how they bring out like a random ruthless aggression kind of star? You yeah. know, every, you know, I always kind of pulled for those two guys because I thought they were always hilarious. And looking back as well, a lot of people have been sharing kind of like um, their favorite memories and videos and stuff of prime time and, and things. I mean, uh, I don't know if you saw this as well, but John Cena um, hasn't been confirmed, but everyone pretty much thinks it's him. Uh, donated uh, $40,000 to his fund. Shad's, um, I think it's something his wife set up. It was like, I'm not, I'm not entirely, I have to say, I'm a bit ignorant and not entirely sure what all that is going towards. But to see John Cena donate that kind of money to it you know just goes to show what kind of guy he is as well um but yeah i love crime time just to um reiterate yeah. that point and it's a, it's a sad loss for the wrestling community really even now anytime anybody talks about getting that money which is you know common common african-american statement i always say money money yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it all it can't just be getting that money it's always that money money yeah yeah so there you go <laughs> you say that i remember there was a show in london that they were on and um <laughs> so it wasn't his fault uh well i don't think it was his fault but they rather than saying pounds like british pounds they said we get that euro, euro, yeah, yeah. And then everyone booed because that wasn't our currency. We're literally like, we don't use the euro here. So that was a personal little um, little memory of him, which was all taken in good good taste. But, um, but yeah, shame to see. Um, I mean, 39 is no age, really. Um, you know, I, I know people lose people every day, but 39. I literally turned 39 in 18 days. Oh, really? Oh, well, happy yeah. birthday for 18 days away. I'll, I'll yeah. be able to tell it you that. It was just one of you, like you said, 39's not old. I'm like, I have to, I'll tell you right now, 39 is definitely, definitely not old. 
<laughs> not with not with the way of life that you have. It's definitely not. Um, you're putting us all to shame. Um, unfortunately, though, there was another another news story that came out this week. Again, I don't really want to ignore it, but um, uh, the name Hana Kimura. Um, have you seen this one floating I around? Have, have, absolutely. Um, one of my podcasts that I listen to, uh, they do a Joshi. Like the last part of the show is all about Joshi wrestling, so I'm very fami- I was very familiar with the person. Yeah, so this was extremely sad to hear um, from my personal standpoint. I mean, I'm not really sure how you are on kind of like mental health and stuff, but um, I've been known to you know be a bit of a sufferer here and there with mental health issues and stuff. And um, so I am not you know I'm not going to pretend like I was her fan because I, I wasn't I, did, I don't actually know who she is really but um to see that she was like cyber bullied um and kind of like slaughtered online was really distressing to me um because this girl was only 22 you know 22 um and decided to kind of take her own life because of it it all got too much you know that that really kind of struck a nerve with me and kind of upset me a bit um but again I didn't I didn't comment on it personally online or anything because I didn't want to um pretend like i was her biggest fan or anything like that so um but no i just wanted to mention the name because it probably means something more to you than it does to me so um yeah yeah all right you know all right rest in peace uh i'll just say people be nicer to each other i think it's such a generic statement but if you take it at its heart and put it into action the world will generally be a better place Absolutely, like as well in the in the wrestling community as well, because just from my own personal experiences, um, the wrestling community can be some like the nicest community ever. You know, when you're meet, meeting new people, making friends and stuff. But but this it's just this internet world where people think they can hide behind a, an online profile and talk to people or treat people in a way that's you know harsh and horrible, really, essentially. But yeah, totally echo what you were saying. You know, just be nice to each other. It's not that difficult. You know, it's nice to be nice, as they say. So, um, but that one yeah. was a bit, bit sad to hear. So, um, starting off the show on a bit of a sad, sad start. But um, so between this show and the last show, because these are quite irregular, um, the, literally the day after Money in the Bank, um, just to kind of try and turn this thing into a positive slightly. But we got the news of uh, Becky Lynch is becoming Mama Lynch. Um, She's going to go away for a while and have a baby. Yeah. yeah. But, um, a congratulations to Auntie Becky, as I like to call her. But, um, her, not her in a Seth, man, they did it. Sethy Lynch did it. Um, so, yeah, it will be interesting to see what Seth's year is going to be, really. Because um, I imagine he's going to go away for a while as well at, at some point. Um, you know, WWE are a company where they'll have to warrant paternity leave as well, I'm sure. So um be interesting to see what the next year is. But I made up for them both, really. Um, I met them both in December together rather than individually. And I could see how happy they were together, you know. So um, I'm really pleased with the both of them. So. Yeah, I've met Seth twice and Becky like 11 times. <laughs> yeah, you'll always outshine me on that Becky one. Uh, uh, no, uh, yeah, you know, honestly, it was just me following our boy Steve around. That's all I yeah. did. Shout yeah. out! I'm going to get him back on the show at some point, actually, because he's a, I think he's a, a dedicated listener. Um, yes. So um, yeah, I, I've got a lot of time for Steve, but yeah, Steve's like one of her number ones. Her, him, and um, Gliana as well. Shout out to her; she listens. So, um, 
Okay, so I could go straight. There was some other WWE stuff that I want to mention um, because we're going to go all in, if you pardon the pun, on the AEW stuff. So um, just to quickly say, I was a little bit disappointed with Sami Zayn being stripped of the Intercontinental title um, because I just look at it and think, well, he's been given the option to not compete. He shouldn't really be punished for that you know, and be stripped of his title, especially when you see someone like Brock Lesnar who takes the title ransom for months on end. So I was a bit disappointed to see that. Um, got, any, got any thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts on that is wrestling, and, and this is going to sound harsh, but wrestling is one of those jobs that for the last 50 years you didn't get days off. No matter the snow, whatever, you're supposed to go to work. So Unfortunately, Vince has still, I mean, still has that mindset, right? And that's never going to change. And even though Sammy might not lose his spot, he had to know there was going to be consequences to not showing up. Yeah, I understand that. I'm hoping that they do a um, a Jordan Devlin with it because he's the current Cruiserweight title holder and they're doing a tournament on NXT for that, if you weren't aware or whoever. But, um, I'm hoping that whoever wins the tournament, like Sami Zayn, gets like, as soon as he comes back. You know, he gets the first shot, sort of thing. So, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm hoping so too. Sami Zayn was the, one of those people I think they really missed on. He was a really hot face at a time, and he was one of those sympathetic faces that people wanted to get behind. I thought he could have been that next version of Daniel Bryan, and he's a really you know he was a really good worker. For some reason, they just never saw what I saw. No, I think that's the same with a lot of fans, to be honest, because people will laugh at me for saying this because I've said it all the time. But Sami Zayn is literally one of my guys. Um, I love this guy through NXT and, you know, I just feel like he deserves a bit better. And I think that's why I'm a little bit disappointed. Probably like a personal, struck a personal chord with me that it's like, oh, they've taken his title away, the bastards. Um, But yeah, just um, who's your pick for the tournament itself? You still watching SmackDown or? Yes, uh, El Hill. Oh, the U.S. title. Uh, AJ Styles is gonna win it to me. Okay. Yeah, AJ Styles has just been moved over to SmackDown again as part of some bizarre. It, it was actually just a trade now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they clarified that it was a trade, but it's kind of like this weird wild card rule, but not called the wild card rule thing going on at the moment and it's a bit bizarre but yeah AJ Styles um, looks like he's going to become the face of Smackdown for a bit until maybe Roman comes back I guess we'll wait and see there's such kind of unprecedented times right now that we'll kind of wait and see how long this lasts but um, but yeah we'll wait and see on that one um, I forgot to say uh, with the whole Becky stuff because I had it sidelined next to it but uh, congratulations to Oscar as well because um, she is now the Raw women's champion um, yes and she has she is the grandest grand slam champion ever she is the only woman to be a the final survivor series a survivor win a royal rumble win the raw title win the smackdown title win money in the bank and the nxt belt because she has so she has the rumble and the survivor series bit over bailey doesn't she Correct. Bailey, bailey is the other yeah. Uh, women's Grand Slam. Champion. Yeah, lit- literally. Other, than, I, I can't 
other than like when the Mae Young Classic, she has literally done everything you can do as a woman in the WWE. It's she weird. was I, I forgot about tag champion. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you for forgetting that. To be honest, a lot of people do forget that. Um, but yeah, it's like what what would just annoy me with it, without going into too much detail, is that you kind of wouldn't know that. You know, like WWE wouldn't bring your attention to that if you know what I mean, because they're too busy promoting somebody else. But um, that's a story for another day. That's not why I got you on today. To I was going to say the fans, the fans like the North on the game uh, Game of Thrones. The fans remember. Because, yeah, we started putting out that, like, um, amazingly quick. that, And then, finally, WWE on Fox acknowledged it. Like, oh, she is that. (laughs) It's almost like they didn't know what they were doing. I think that's why I was a bit... So, I'm a Sheamus fan, right? And putting Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in the first round of the Intercontinental title thing just baffled me, because I'm like... Sheamus is one Intercontinental title win away from being a Grand Slam champion as well. And um, I just found that so baffling because I kind of thought he was going to be a shoe-in to win it. But I don't know. Just throw that I out. Don't, uh, Sheamus is one of those people, and again, I don't know Sheamus, so this may or may not be true. He doesn't seem like he cares all about that kind of stuff anymore. I think with uh, that workout videos he does and nutrition advertising and trying to get into Hollywood. I think he's focused on the next part of his career, but you know, he shows up and works when it's time to show up and work kind of thing. I was going to say the dude's like 40. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was thinking of, you know, the transition now into something else, but, um, yeah, I like Seamus. I'm a Seamus fan. I don't know why. Probably because he's like incredibly pale. Like I am, you know, me, yeah. me, me, him and Paige, we've got that complexion to us that, um, <laughs> Only the Brits would get, although he's Irish, but we kind of have that connection. You want to know something weird, and this is something none of you actually need to know. That's kind of <laughs> my thing when it comes to women. Really pasty. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, like, there we go. Mil- like milky white, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> like sickly looking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That European <laughs> very, very pasty look does it for me. As they say. <laughs> Basically, is the new sexy. Yeah, absolutely. Heard anyone say that? Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. Something I uh, like to I like to say to make myself feel worth uh, worthy. No, no, like uh, when the pill rider comes, it's cool. I'm down. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> absolutely. Um, shall we talk some AEW? We shall. Uh, I'm excited about it. I can always so, talk some AEW. I just want to say before we get into the show, like congratulations on your cameo. And um, you'll know what I mean by this. (laughs) So I think it was either last Dynamite or the Dynamite before. uh, Chris Jericho unveiled a new member of the Inner Circle, um, being a baseball bat named Floyd. So, um, and Floyd, yeah, Floyd got yourself over on AEW finally. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, my uh, messages blew up that I betrayed uh, Cody and uh, betrayed Cody and uh, joined the... uh, inner circle and i was like i don't remember that bat ever touching cody that's all i gotta say <laughs> not yet <laughs> not he yet. has not hit cody so therefore i have you not did. betrayed cody now Give have i time. betrayed the bucks hangman and kenny yes <laughs> cody no cody no so um so basically the way i like to do these review shows is pretty much the opposite of how everyone else does them 
<laughs> so a lot of a lot of podcasts do them in order of how the show went and I just find that a little bit tedious I don't know about you but um I like to start with what you what your favorite part of the show was you know so yeah but, but then I try and balance it in a sense of favorite and then something that you didn't quite like as much and then go back to something good so you've kind of almost got like a compliment sandwich in a sense of positivity and then a little bit of negative in the middle but to be honest I don't think we're going to talk negatively about anything on this show um I mean you might you might correct me I might stand corrected on that but from my from my perspective so what did you think as the show of the show as a whole um before we go Uh, nitty-gritty yeah I've seen people say it was the best AEW show I wouldn't say that uh I would I'd put it, let's see, they've only done, let's see, we're at five. And I would put it at three. I would put it above Revolution and above uh, Full Gear. I put it above those two. But but I still got uh, All Out is one and Double Nothing is two. Double Nothing, the original two for me. Uh, again, it's, it's all personal, you know, double enough that you mean all out saw Arn Anderson right in front of me, do a spine buster on Sean Spears, double <laughs> or nothing, you know, Cody and Dustin match, which crazy. And it was the whole idea that it was their first show. Uh, I still, those mean high, but I got it at a solid three out of five, which is not bad. Uh, but I still had it at an A. I haven't rated any of their shows less than an A because, I don't base it on how I feel because I think I am biased. I generally ask my friends that aren't super biased towards AEW what they thought. And if they say an A, I know it's an A. I am. So if you listen to this show, you know that I'm not really a ratings person because I just try and take it for my own enjoyment. But that being said, I would not disagree with you, if that makes sense. Um, but I just wanted to put out there, so Floyd, um, when he was on the show previously as well, um, we kind of touched on it, but you are, you know, hardcore when it comes to AEW, and, like, you would have been at this show in Vegas, correct? Yes. I so, literally, I still literally, they roll the tickets over to next year. I still have tickets to have double or nothing, yeah. Oh, that's that was good of them. I'm surprised. So is it? It's going to be like an annual thing, then I assume. Double or nothing. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend in Las Vegas every year. In the MGM. In um. I uh, don't. I, I think they're ultimately want to get in T-Mobile Arena. Okay. But I think that's where they ultimately want to get. But for right now, MGM Grand. That's fair. Fair enough. Until they go to the big. Um, people are calling it the Death Star. That's where um the Raiders are going to be playing soon. Apparently. Um, in the new big stadium that they're building now. So, Absolutely. I've actually saw the outside of the stadium up close last year when they were building it. Yeah, I did too. I, I wasn't that impressed though because it looked a bit like bleak <laughs> to me, like a, just a bit dark. You know, I like a little bit more character to things. But um, but yeah, we'll see if WrestleMania goes there anytime soon. But um, no, I just wanted to throw that out there because I wanted to get an opinion on whether or not the fact that you – couldn't go, you know, not to rub it in or anything, but did that take away from your enjoyment of the show at all, generally? Okay. Up until last night, it was very much, I was down. I was trying to get excited, but I couldn't because I knew I was supposed to be there. But once the show, my friends got here, I had about six or seven friends over, 
My friends got here. We got to eating. We got to watching the show. I was definitely in in that mood. It, nothing beats building and being in the building, but it was it was a good it was a it was a good second. Just um, a short disclaimer there, where you said six or seven people around your house. Um, social distancing in your country and in your state at the moment is totally different to how it is in the UK. So yes. um, yeah, we were we in, are... in, in Oklahoma. To be honest, other than having to wear masks at certain locations, it's basically over. That's crazy. I mean, over here, like, we we were just chatting before we came on, but over here it's nightmare at the moment. People ain't listening. Oh, another story for another day. But um, but yeah, it's a mess. Anyway, let's get into the show. Um, like I say, start with your most positive. I'll let you pick the first one. Um, I'm um, sure where you're going. Oh, oh, let's see. Oh, I'm gonna go with Cody. Becoming... <laughs> and there and there it is, guys. There it is. Your new reigning, <laughs> defending, undisputed TNT champion Cody beating Lance Archer last night was my moment of the evening really okay so hang on i've literally just had to scroll down through my notes to get to that match but um okay cool so yeah talk me through the match and your favorite parts of it and what it's done for you basically then and then i'll have a shoot on you afterwards (laughs) okay yeah um yeah cody so um, what do you think of the title to start with? Because it apparently oh no, it was ugly as sin. Yeah. <laughs> it oh, looked yeah, a bit, it, uh, <laughs> apparently it was made on the basis of some other television title from yesteryear. The original, yeah, uh, Dream Crockett uh, Silver and Red television title. Uh, uh, it's it, the reason you have me on this show is because I can give more information for you. So when you look at the belt, you got the TNT in the middle. Uh, of course, TNT actually asked AEW to make this belt. So, of course, it's going to be pretty much featured. If you look on the side belt, you'll see a mansion. That is actually Ted Turner's mansion, who is the namesake uh, and former owner of TNT. Um, you'll have the silver and red old Jim Crockett TNT title, uh, I mean, uh, TV title. And what we found out is that uh, it's not finished because of Corona. Some uh, materials were not available to uh, finish the plating on the belts before the show started. That actually it's going to be filled in like those empty spots where you see silver is going to be filled in with gold. And if you look on the All Elite Wrestling and all the different ones that have tweeted, you will see it does make the belt pop and it makes it much better. Yeah, because they did, they did bring this to my attention um, on commentary, which is good. Because as soon as I saw Mike Tyson holding it, walking out, my first thought was, Mike Tyson looks like he doesn't know where he is. Like, he looked incredibly lost. So that was my first take. And then the second take, because I looked at him before I saw the belt. Now, when I looked at the belt, I thought, God, that looks awful. But then I was thankful that they said, you know, it's not finished. They are adding gold plate into it. So, um, but yeah, so... Um, Mike Tyson, then, did you feel this was necessary, like that him being? No, I, I felt like that was a completely useless. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I am a very positive person, so I'm like, you get Mike Tyson, but I don't think having Mike Tyson on a wrestling show will is going to draw like it did back in the day. So I, 
don't think any person purchased a pay-per-view to see Mike Tyson. And then after what he did in his very little action, I was like, whatever you paid him was too much, especially when one of the video shots caught him yawning. You got to at least feign interest. I noticed that actually, but then he was also like cheering for Cody quite a lot, like during it. No, it, like most of the match, he was accidentally cheering for Lance Archer. I don't think anyone <laughs> told him who he was supposed to cheer for. Oh right, I thought I could hear him cheering for Cody, unless that was no, Billy no. Gun- like when Lance Archer hit that blackout at the beginning, he was clapping and cheering, <laughs> and I was like, "Do you know you know who the bad guy is?" So no, uh, I don't like like. It was very inconsistent, uh, and I'm okay. I mean, like I said, I love Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, as a child of the 80s, being significantly older than you, Mike Tyson was God, you know? You know, <laughs> people would pay $60, $70 to watch him knock out a guy in 25 seconds. I remember, right. um, oh, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you would have been there. Uh, might have been before you started going, but uh, he went into a Hall of Fame at a WrestleMania, and um, I remember... DX uh, were the ones that put him in. So Triple H and Sean were kind of like, you know, spitballing before he come out. And they were saying about how, um, like what you said about he knocked people out in like seconds. They were um, leaving a show, like a wrestling show to go. And they were like, quick, quick, quick. We've got to go and watch this, you know, this fight. And then um, uh, Triple H left Sean to do something whilst, you know, like to finish up something. And then Triple H kind of made his way there. And then literally as Sean walked through the door, to like to watch this fight, he literally the guy was already on the floor, like it was over, and um, yeah, it just made me laugh so much. But um, yeah, he's a, he's WWE Hall of Famer randomly. Um, yes, Iron Mike Tyson. Uh, yes, Tyson. he is. I think the second W, third WWE Hall of Famer to present the belt. Well, technically, the Rock and Roll Express were scheduled to present the belt, but they kind of got jumped. But, uh, yeah, you would have had Bret Hart presented the world title, the initial world title to Chris Jericho. Uh, then you had Mike Tyson doing the title, uh, giving the title to Cody. He did. He did. Um, so you skipped off onto the, onto the finish, so to speak, with Cody winning. Um, what do you think of the match in general? Um, I've got some stuff noted down that I'll mention if you don't, but what were your favorite parts? Uh, favorite part was the blackout at the beginning of the match. You think I, my favorite part wouldn't be something happening to Cody, but it had me on the edge of my seat. Like I thought Cody was gonna lose in like 20 seconds, and it would have, you know, it would have dropped my jaw. Then when Cody went for a cutter, Lance Archer hit a pounce. I thought that looked incredibly impressive. Um, yeah, like the match was like 80-20 Lance Archer, so. Most of my big spots was from him. Uh, the one big thing I remember from Cody, or two big things, he did a standing suplex, like stalling suplex, where he held Lance Archer up like 20 seconds, and I thought that was pretty impressive. And then when he hit the DDT on Lance in front of Jake. <laughs> yeah, so you know when he did that suplex, he didn't have his weight belt on either, did he? Because he lost that quite early on in the match, I think. Yeah, yeah. The belt came off, and then Lance kicked it out of the ring. I was like, oh, how's he lifting him without his belt on? What is this? What is this magic? Um, but yeah, no, I, li- I liked the opening as well with um, Archer doing his finish like immediately because I didn't, I didn't realize that <coughs> Archer was actually, um, Archer was actually undefeated. 
going into this. I didn't realise that. Um, uh, so, yeah, I thought that was quite cool, the way he kind of come off, like, incredibly strong to start with. And I, it, got, it got me a bit concerned because I was like, I expected Cody to win. And I was like, I feel like Cody's going to win this. Um, and then I was like, oh, the opening kind of really got me. And then, like you say, it was a bit 80-20, you know, to start with. But um, I enjoyed, uh, so little bits I've got noted down that I enjoyed. I liked when Cody put a cross face on and then used Archer's own braid against him, like from his hair. I thought that was quite funny, quite cool. And then what you said about the DDT. So I liked that they used um, like their coaches' moves, like oppositely, if that makes sense. So Archer did the uh, spine buster as well in front of Arn Anderson. Um, and Cody also did Dusty's uh, bionic elbow, which I thought was cool. I yeah. enjoyed those. Enjoyed those and he did, he did Dustin's move too. Like in order, he did uh, the bionic elbow. He did that spinning suplex that Dustin does, and then he did the throat slash thing that Arn Anderson does. So he was like, he kind of shouted out like all his mentors. Yes, um, yeah, no, I did have Dustin's written down as well actually, because I know it as the final cut from WWE, but it's called something else now, isn't it? It's called the Reckoning. The Reckoning, yeah, which probably sounds like a cooler name, but you know when you've known something for so long that you can't yeah. picture it as something else, but. Um, but yeah, so Cody Rhodes is the first um, TNT champ. Did you guess that? Did you predict that that was going to happen? Actually, I, I, I picked Archer, actually, on like all of my things. I picked Archer. Oh. Uh, I, I just, to me, it made more sense for Cody to lose and to chase the belt. But, that, to you know, that's what I thought, you know. You know, he could, wasn't able to overcome Lance Archer, and then Cody comes back. But then someone pointed out to me, you know, you need the belt to matter, and having it on Cody makes the belt matter. So I, I feel like I guessed um, or predicted Archer, like, on the last episode, because we kind of previewed it a little, um, saying that Cody should kind of, like, from, from like, a, say you don't watch AEW regularly, and then you tuned into this and you're going to watch it as, oh, they've just put a belt on Cody. You know, you're going to look at it a bit ignorantly. So that's, I think that's why I picked Archer. But watching it, I, w I actually watched it today, like during the daytime. I didn't watch it live. But once I watched the video package, I was like, Cody should win this really. You know, like because of everything that he's kind of done it, as like a reward, if that makes sense. Especially yeah. as he's taken himself off the main title, like the AEW world title is a no-go. You know, he needs to do something. So um, I would like to, to see moving forward, though, kind of like resemblant to like a, a John Cena US challenge, US Open challenge type deal. Doesn't have to be every week, but just sort of like make it like you say, make the title cool and relevant and, um, and, and important, essentially. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed the match itself, too. Yeah, I did think that awesome. was going to be your favorite, though. I thought that was going to be your first thing. So um, I'll pick the next one. Okay. Um, so people will probably be disappointed in me if I don't pick a women's match. So I'm going to go with Shida beating, um, oh, my God, Nyla Rose. Yeah. Um, win the AW women's title. Um, yeah, I'll start on this one. So I thought it had some really cool um, spots throughout it because like a lot of these matches were quite um hard hitting and hardcore style type thing but i don't think that took away from the show as a whole because um once 
we'll get to the main event later but like once we got to the main event it was all just like chaos anyway so um but there were parts in this where we we're like i thought they were really cool so like uh when nyla rose put Sheeda through the poker table like which was kind of next to the um where the ring announcer would sit i thought that bit was quite funny like she literally just she's so powerful nyla rose she literally just threw her through this table um, but then I loved how Shida won as well. And I loved the storytelling aspect with the um, kendo stick because of like, um, if you've watched Dynamite the last couple of weeks, you'll know, but where uh, Nyla Rose literally come and spanked her out um, with, that's how we would say it in the UK, come and spanked her out with this kendo stick backstage and like literally just left her for dead on the floor. So I quite like how they, um, how they incorporated that into the match and, and even down to the finish as well where, like, Shida used it, but then she also did, like, her running knee to kind of get the win. So, um, but, yeah, I was really happy for, the, for Shida, especially everything that's kind of transpired this week. Um, not to say that that's a way, like, a warrant to win a title, but um, it was a nice thing, you know? I don't know. Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, um, this match was... I was actually talking to a friend of mine in this match. Uh, unlike a lot of the other women's title match, I thought it was perfectly positioned. And I don't think people under, people lose that, how much that helps a match. Uh, instead of having to go after a hot match, which if you looked at every other pay-per-view, the women's match was right after a hot match. And it literally took the crowd 15 minutes to get into the next match. This one had the other women's match and a Sean Spears uh, Dustin match between it and Cody's TV title. So I think people at home were ready to watch this match and focus on it and give it a good chance. And I felt like there was a different energy in the ring because of it. Nyla Rose being the beast that she is played that character. Well, especially uh, putting her through that table it looks like, you know, it looked like we were just going to have another Nyla Rose, you know, dominant victory. And Cheetah kept kneeing her and kneeing her and kneeing her. And then that final moment after being wore down with all those knees that Kendo stick across the face. And then that's how the, you know, match ended. That was just perfect. Oh, yeah. Like I say, like the storytelling aspect of it for me was just like spot on, you know. Um, uh, you'll probably know this about me anyway. <laughs> But, um, you know, I'm more invested in the women's stuff than I am a lot of the other stuff. So for me, I've kind of been following this one along the last few weeks. And I never really expected Nyla to lose, because especially as she's been bigging herself up as like, oh, I'm only going to be a one time champion because that's how dominant I am. I love the idea of that. Not not the idea of her um, like being champion forever. That not, not that bit. But the fact that, you know, I think it was Jericho that said it like they'll say, oh, you're a nine-time champion. That means you must have lost 10 times. You know, there's always that idiot out there that says that. So um, I quite liked from Nyla's standpoint that she was kind of, you know, that powerful that she was saying that, um, which yep. I thought was cool. Um, yeah. As well, just to give a quick nod to Nyla, she took this like odd looking bump, but it looked really cool on TV. But you could tell, you saw her eyes at one point go a bit like, oh shit, where she kind of got thrown onto the, the, it was kind of like a freestanding poker chip and she didn't know that it was going to like fall backwards if you know what I mean or it didn't look like she knew that it was going to fall backwards and you could just yes. see in her face as if you know like the rug had just been pulled under her sort of thing and I thought that just made made it that much better I thought it was so cool 
Um, but yeah, we've got a new champion in Shido. So um, an emotional victory for her as well at the end. So much so that she didn't like grab the belt to start with. Like the ref was holding the belt for her, which I thought was quite odd looking. But um, but yeah, no, I'm really pleased for her because she is super good as well. Like really good. Yeah, so. she is. And she's one of those people. She's one of the people that I would generally hate in real life because she's talented at everything. She, <laughs> uh, she does. She was an actress before she became a wrestler. She does piano and, uh, you know, can sing and dances and works out. And she freaking did a Falcon arrow off the top rope song of Nyla Rose. Like, she's not at her size. She's not supposed to be able to do that. She's got a freakish amount of strength. Uh, definitely a great champion. She's going to be a great face of the women's division. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Um, that actually takes me on to something briefly because what you were saying about how this was positioned and stuff, there was a little bit in between there about, um, they addressed, uh, Britt Baker's condition. So they they were saying that it's a, um, like a serious injury but she's actually going to be on dynamite this wednesday to kind of address it personally it it is it is not as serious as they thought we uh originally thought it was an acl it was actually an interior fracture of the knee and uh, one of the smaller ligaments or tendons actually tore but it wasn't the posterior the interior crucial ligaments which are the major ligaments that generally would make you be out six months to a year she's only going to be out six to eight weeks so i kind of spoiled that for you on the show but yeah yeah i'm glad it's a good spoiler in the sense that i'm glad she's healthy or like is going to be healthy because um she's been on such a roll as well and like i don't know how you see it obviously i'm biased towards the women but like since she turned ill I think she's been so good, and I'll just be like, I'd hate to see that squandered. You yeah, know? she's the hottest act. Because because Hangman had to go away, she her heel turn and her being on their week, she was the hottest act on AEW to me. Oh, okay. That's interesting to hear. But yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a Brit fan. Um, she caught my eye back when it wasn't AEW at the first All-In. Um, she was yeah. in the- it wasn't she? I met her at the first dolling. Oh, you bested. I've not met her yet. I was hoping yeah. to meet her in Tampa, but obviously that never happened. So um, yeah, yeah. We're she, she's amazing. <laughs> she's amazing. She's like, like nothing like her character. Like I don't even think she could be mean to you if she tried in person. Yeah, I think I, I think that's what's good about her character yeah. as well, because where she's a, a doctor, Britt Baker, DMD. Um, you know, she is such a, she's got a profession as well, like a serious profession. So that like, you think, oh, people are going to go into her dentistry and be like, shat on, <laughs> essentially. She's just going to be rude to them. But, um, but yeah, no, I think she's great. I think she's been super good. Um, she's literally been one of my favorite parts of the shows recently as well. So I'm glad that, um, she's, uh, not going to be out too long. So they might even keep her on TV then, if that's the case. Um, just promoing, you know, for now, rather than, off tearing, tearing people and Tony down. Potentially. I mean, can she emasculate him anymore? <laughs> I'm not sure, really, but um, we'll find out. We'll find out. So um, I picked that one. So then what was your next favorite match? Next favorite match? Uh, I mean, we got to talk about it. The Stadium Stampede. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going to get to this later. But yeah, I'm glad you picked up on it. It's funny. But yeah, let's go. Yeah, um, 
this was probably my favorite match I've seen all year. And this is probably the most fun I ever had watching a wrestling match. Uh, I've said on my podcast when we were doing our preview, this was one of, uh, when I, uh, this is one of the matches that were going to be completely ridiculous and you needed to turn off your brain. And it's funny, uh, how many people are not able to do that. And it's like, I turned off my brain, just watched it, just enjoyed it. And it was, you know, it was so fun. I mean, I could probably, we could probably do a whole episode just on this match. But just to talk about my favorite moment, Hangman uh, chases uh, Sammy G down with a horse. Uh, He goes in and Sammy G loses him. He's still looking around for him, the horse. And then he saw the bar and he just decided in the middle of this fight to go have a drink. Yeah, this this match was absolute nuts, but I mean that in the best possible way. Um, I wrote down a ton of stuff um, for it, pretty much like every part that happened, because I was trying to think like, how am I even going to talk about this later with Floyd? You know, that's how I was like watching it, because there were so many funny parts to me. So you said about that um, hangman bit. For me, um, Matt Hardy getting thrown in the in the swimming pool was my favourite bit, where he kept being reincarnated. Um, where they think, uh, I think it was Tony Schiavone that said that the water in the swimming pool was from the lake of, whatever they call it, the lake the of... The lake of rejuvenation. Yeah. He took, he um, filled, he, he said on Twitter that he knew, he heard that there was a pool at Jacksonville Stadium, so he decided to fill that pool with water from the lake of rejuvenation. <laughs> it just made me laugh so much, though, how, like... um he was like different versions of himself as well that just tickled me so much but like even just how he's talking through things as well like um the broken gimmick that you know wwe just didn't capitalize on but the way he's just sort of like oh wonderful and stuff like that is just so funny to me um there was another little part in that um as well where so this all took place on the on the club level deck of the stadium (laughs) <laughs> and um, Ortiz said, I'm not getting in there, I can't swim. <laughs> and it was like three feet of water. It's not like a full swimming pool. Um, so that really made me laugh. And then as well, when um, when he became Dr. Matt Hardy, where he was uh, taping up, um, I think it was Ortiz again, actually, um, in, the, in the chair of wheels and yes. called himself Dr. Matt Hardy as he was wheeling him away. And that just really made me smile and really made me laugh. Um, so, yeah, that was easily my favorite part um, of this particular match. Yeah, um, I, I love the edits on the match uh, when um, uh, Matt was uh, giving the Northern Light suplex to Sammy G, <laughs> and they made it seem as if he would had Northern Light suplexed him the whole football field. Whole that was pitch. awesome. Got his touchdown at the end as well, and did like a stupid little dance. <laughs> and then he got a penalty on him for excessive celebration. And mm-hmm. I love how Jr. threw in that. It wasn't just excessive celebration; it was a horrible celebration. <laughs> um, there was another football reference as well with uh, Jericho, um, where he used you um, to get uh, the pin on Omega. Was it? I think it was on Omega. Yeah, and, and he, he kicked he made- out. 
<laughs> and um, him and Audrey have to go into the tent to like give it a relook sort of thing. And I, I mean, I'm not a, a big American football fan, but I just found this like amusing. Just thought yes. it was funny. Like they utilise the um, scenario well, like the the scene is such. Um, I just thought that was really funny. I, I did have down the Northern Lights suplexes as well, where he kind of made it. Um, <laughs> he made it all the way to <laughs> all the way to the end of the pitch with him. Um, and also in that little bit as well, Jericho took out the mascot with um, the Judas Effect elbow, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, uh, best looking Judas Effect elbow ever. <laughs> what, because of the mascot's got all padding and soft? Um, yeah, yeah, and his head turned around. It was hilarious. <laughs> this, this whole match, I mean, we like you say, we could talk about this all day. I mean, I, I had mentioned down as well, like the horse, because um, everyone was literally like, oh, where's, where's the hangman? And then you just knew... He was going to do some sort of cowboy shit. And you knew it was going to be Sammy that he chased as well. Um, so, yeah, that tickled me. Uh, let me just see if anything else that I could find. Um, when Nick ran down the stairs to do the big splash in yes. the table, I thought that was a that really That made cool no thing. sense to run down the <laughs> stairs because, you know, there were steps slowing him down. But it was You're an amazing build, visual. You're going to build, like, zero momentum. Yes, <laughs> no through. momentum at all. That, um, yeah, that did that did tickle me. Uh, and then Hangman just goes over him with the line painter as well, like the rolling yes. thing. That was funny. Uh, th- this whole thing was funny, really. Even like down to the intros and stuff where they came running out as like football, um, American football, like and they come out of each corner or whatever. I found that that quite um, quite funny. And then uh, towards the end, you had the golf cart, the threat of the golf cart again. Sammy's face was just like, oh, fuck, <laughs> not again, you know, which was, again, like what you were just saying, like an amazing visual. Yes. Um, but in that sense, I'm also kind of glad that they didn't do the same spot because they hit it so perfectly the other week on Dynamite. I don't think they could have topped it. So I'm glad that it kind of, Sammy, you know, looked as if he got away to start with and then um, <laughs> in, in the end took the one-winged angel from the top of the stand. Um, through, I mean, it looked incredibly padded, but it still looked like a cool, a cool spot and a cool finish to the match. Did you like it? I I loved it. I thought Sammy, uh, I thought Sammy, uh, uh, running away and then jumping up on the stadium. It shows that heels and faces in wrestling can learn from the past and get that <laughs> uh, <laughs> and adjust to, you know, getting tackled or whatever. Sammy Guevara has literally been through it the last few weeks. I mean, just even the way like he takes a uh, twist of fate. It's like yeah. RVD, the way he RVD takes it right on his face. Like literally, yeah, like the crown of his head as well. Like it's just the way. It reminds me of how RVD used to take it back in the day. Um, I had a question for you. Um, does Kenny Omega not drink alcohol? Kenny Omega does not drink. Uh, him and uh, Young Bucks are. Sh- pretty much straight edge they don't put a name on it they just don't drink or do drugs that's cool they don't you know, they don't say it they don't like we're straight edge it's just they just <laughs> don't do it it's just it's just never something they've done so yeah i i that's just gonna make me like them more really because i'm not a drinker either i'm probably like probably coming up like six or seven years teetotal or whatever you want to call it now so uh, not I, 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 I am a drinker just like my boy cody <laughs> you know, man likes to have a sip every now and then. But I can honestly say 
not a big drinker. You know what I mean? I mean I'll have I'll have a drink. I was never a big drinker anyway, don't get me wrong. But like when I was on holiday and stuff, you know, we'd get stupidly drunk and stuff, so but I was a kid, I'm an adult now and I just don't find it fun. So yeah, that's only gonna make me like Kenny Omega more. I was just a bit baffed, um, baffled when like the the hangman poured him a drink and it was milk. <laughs> I thought, what's going on here? And then that's why I wanted to ask you the question. So um but yeah, would you drink milky whiskey like the hangman did? Uh no. <laughs> it looked a bit grim. I was like, oh, he's actually oh. going to drink that. Okay. Oh, it looked it looked pretty disgusting, actually. <laughs> did you um? What did you think of the bar scene itself, where like um they repetitively smashed Jake Hager over the head with like those kind of TV show glass bottles, if you know what I mean? Did you? Yeah, um, I, th- I thought it was pretty hilarious, and I was just like. Yeah, I was like, uh, uh, if this happened on WWE, I don't know if everybody's like, what about concussions? I don't know, but it was it was super fun. I was gonna say, like, you you got to take this with you know like a pinch of salt, really. It was it was just funny, and um, I looked at it the same way that I looked at Money in the Bank when I watched that match, just as an entertainment spectacle, and that's exactly what it was. Um, but yeah, the bar scene was quite cool. With the um, they took a bump on the uh, actual pool table itself. Um, which is heavy. I don't know if it, I, I, I've never taken a bump on one, but they, I've played pool a lot and it looks heavy, you know, and it looks like it would hurt. So um, credit to them for certain parts of these matches as well. Um, going back to where they were on the club level as well, uh, there was a power bomb through like a metal railing that they put across two tables um, and that looked quite stiff of a bump as well. So um, although it was entertaining, there were still like big, big risk factors you know, in this, so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and those are, I love those risk factors. Uh, I mean, that's the whole thing with wrestling. Uh, the performance of it, it's great. Uh, but you have to, I think you have to feel like the wrestlers are in somewhat danger. Uh, yeah, somewhat danger to, uh, get that, you know, the blood pumping to, keep in your uh spirit of you know your ability to disbelief you know i forgot I think, what it's called i think you still need that realism factor yeah although it yeah. is like funny you know someone you know take that spot where he ran down the stairs and jumped through a table <laughs> it's gonna hurt you know or like right. part of it's gonna hurt you know you're still taking an element of risk and i don't think that was lost in this match really i still thought it was um was still entertaining in that aspect. But the glass bottle bit uh, was probably the only negative for me from this match because it was just a bit like, it's just superficial and it was like they did it so many times as well. I thought <laughs> yeah. if, they, if they just did it once, I would have kind of been okay with it. But they did it about four or five times after that. And I was like, okay, how is Jake Hager's head right now? <laughs> you know, so, um, but no, a totally entertaining. Um, never seen anything like it. Don't know if we're going to ever see anything like it again. Um, they, uh, Tony said after the show he plans on it being a part of AEW. So I don't know how often they plan on doing it. If they, you know, like going to have a particular show or are they just going to throw it out when they got a particularly hot rivalry. But he says he plans on it being part of the show. Oh, that's interesting to hear. I just assumed it was kind of like WWE at the moment where they're being forced to kind of do this movie making type stuff because of 
you know, the pandemic and all the rest of it that's going on. I think because they but, thought it came off really, really well. Okay, so, which it did. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen any um, any negatives whatsoever about it, actually. Even from people that I know are WWE, like, super fanboys, they still like this show and enjoyed it, you know, which is good to see, really, because I'm, I'm, like, I don't know if you saw my tweet, like, the day of yesterday, where, where I was like, hey, wrestling fan, are you tired of WWE, tired of the same old thing? There is an alternative for you, you know, all you have to do is watch it, you know, so... um so hopefully AEW continues to grow with its market and its fan base too. So, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Did you have anything you wanted to add to the Stampede match, or do you think we covered it all there? No, we covered it all. Like I said, it's one of those things that was so good and so exciting. I could talk about it all day, but, <laughs> but uh, just like, you know, you don't want to talk about it all day because, you know, let people watch it. And I, I'm sure I think. I'm sure you're going to talk about it again on um, All Things Elite. I've already actually talked about it earlier on All Things Elite, like this morning. (laughs) You you recorded that one. I'll look out for that one. I'm I'm awaiting my notification on my podcast app for that one. Absolutely. uh, I enjoy those shows. So uh, I always have to kind of listen to them in delay, just in case I haven't seen Dynamite yet, because obviously where it's on at a different time and stuff like that, it's not always uh, feasible. So, um, I listen to it when I can. Sometimes I'm like a week behind. <laughs> so, uh, but I try not to miss them. I try and listen every week if I can. So, shout so out do you TV. have that fight TV thing? So yeah. I looked into it and uh-huh. um, I looked into the pricing of it and it just seemed so like, just to put it into context, right? With WWE network, it's nine ninety nine in pounds as well now. And you get everything, all that content and your pay-per-view. Whereas with Fight TV, it was like five ninety nine, but you still have to pay for the pay-per-view too. And I know they're not that often. Um, they're every few months, so it would kind of break down. You know, AEW, not to slag them off or anything, but they don't have the back catalogue that WWE are offering. You know, mm-hmm. so that's why I haven't bought the service yet. So, um, you know, not to, you know, break any uh, legal requirements or anything but i did find another way of watching the show you know oh yeah but with that being said as well considering i've not been to a show or anything i did visit the las vegas fight shop by and bought an aw t-shirt and i've got a brit baker one on the way so i feel like i've contributed (laughs) like a little something you know that is awesome and as soon as they come to london if they decide to come to the uk i'm definitely going to come go to the show I'm going to be real. You talking about it on your show is a contribution. You yeah. know, you know, some people that might not otherwise watch it. We talk about, you know, the stampede and they go, they go check out the show. That's a contribution. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Like I say, I mean, I was talking it up yesterday to a couple of close friends and I was like, you know, that are WWE fanboys to a T and I was literally like, you can't complain about WWE all the time and then not be willing to watch an alternative. You know, it's there for you. Like that, you know, you can't ask for much more than that. You know, but um, I don't know. I just I, I I've been watching them since they went live anyway, like every week with Dynamite. So because I'm not really an indie darling as such, so um, I don't really watch too much of that. So a lot of it is kind of brand new to me. A lot of the characters and stuff, and a lot of the performers I've I've not seen before. So um, yeah, it's good in that sense. It's refreshing. You know, enjoyable. Yeah. 
So, um, but we're only halfway through the show in terms of talking about stuff. So, um, you went for the Stampede, I believe. I feel like you picked that one. So, um, just to kind of mix it up again, I'm not going to go for a big one. So, Chris Statlander, um, her match. Did you enjoy this one? Yes. Um, I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was a good match for what it was. It had absolutely no build because Britt got hurt, and but it would have been like a solid TV match. So I just considered it a solid match. Sure. Um, I really enjoyed this. Again, I'm more into the women, um, women's wrestling game, so to speak. But um, I think Penelope Ford um, is going to be a superstar. I think she's insane. I think she's really good. Um, not to say that Chris Statlander isn't, but because she's a little bit bigger, I think she's stronger in that sense. Whereas Penelope Ford um, reminds me a bit of Liv Morgan. I don't know if you're seeing that. I don't know if that's just me that sees that. But in this match especially, I, I, I think everything was flush. I don't think there was a single... Because with the women, as bad as it's going to sound, I am a massive women's wrestling fan, but there is always that element of they don't sometimes get stuff quite right. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this match was really flush. Um, same with the title match. I thought everything was perfectly done. Um, so the, I was going to say, the first time I saw Penelope Ford was like two years ago. And when I watched her wrestle, I was like, she knows when to get her stuff in. And she is a competent wrestler. Okay. And I, I have seen her do nothing but improve. And I, she's athletic where I can... In the way she wrestles, I can actually see the Liv Morgan thing. And, you know, I mean, again, people might look down on me for saying she's smoking hot. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that is a valuable part of it as well. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like. Well, it was she... the, um, for me in this match, it was Penelope when she did the Matrix move. I mean, that mm. should remind me of Trish Stratus. But for some reason, it, it just made me think that looks like Liv Morgan. I don't know if it's because of her hair color as well, because they look quite similar. Maybe it's that. Maybe that's a part of it, which you can't avoid. You know, if that's how they want to look, that's how they want to look. But um, but yes, um, I'm also a fan of Chris Statlander as well. I want to talk her up for a little bit because um, I love the gimmick. Although the gimmick doesn't really look like, because the, the way the commentary team talk about it, it's kind of like they don't really know what it's all about. Because they were saying about, um, oh, I asked her if she likes Star Wars and Star Trek. And she said, no, she doesn't like science fiction. She likes science. And I thought, hmm. Okay, that's a bit odd <laughs> because then a, a finisher move is called like um, the Big Bang Theory pile driver, which is like a famous TV show. Really, more than I mean, I mean, terms- it is the it is the theory of how we came to exist. Also, yeah, so. <laughs> I, was, I, mean, I was gonna say that I was like, but realistically, in today's society, people are just gonna be when they hear Big Bang Theory, they're just gonna think of that TV show. If you know what I mean. So, um, but yeah, I, I just, I mean, I'm not buying for us for a second that she's not a fan of science fiction, but, um, I like what she's all about. I think she's quite cool. And cause she's uh, like, as well, JR wasn't trying to be rude on commentary or anything, but he's true in the sense that she is a bigger girl, like a bigger lady. And she's I guess, actually, hey, if you notice, she's actually lost weight around her stomach area. It, I, she might've put in some time. But she was uh, just generally slimmer last night. Okay. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not, 
I'm not the type of person to comment on someone's weight like that, but I, I see what you're saying. Um, I, I mean, hey, you know what? I would never comment on someone's weight that didn't perform their job in basically a bathing suit. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's just, <laughs> I mean, it's all there to see, isn't it? It's like you can, yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's you're a not, part of the show. It's a, I mean, wrestling is a cosmetic business. I'm not. I mean, I'm not calling her fat. I'm not calling her skinny. I'm just saying I noticed that there's less weight there. Than there was. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, the only thing, it, like I say, everything in this in, the, in this match was pretty much flush. There was one little thing where she went for a suicide dive, and it looked like she almost overshot it. But I think that might be a case of her size rather than anything else. Um, but yeah, she landed it in the end. It looked fine. It didn't look out of place or anything. But the commentary team did also say, "Oh, she almost overshot that." You know, like a, a, a momentum kind of flew her over a bit further, but um, but no, I still thought she delivered well, and I love the finisher as well, the Big Bang Theory pile driver. I thought um, I love a pile driver. I know yes. it's just brutal. Um, you know, I've been saying for years. I don't, like, why did WWE like get rid of the pile driver? You know, like it's it, if done right, it's fine. Apparently, um, just as a disclaimer on that, my friend uh, Ian, if he listens. He's actually friends with Tony Storm and uh-huh. uh, Storm Zero before she came WWE. It's actually a pile driver rather than like a um, it's kind of like a tiger power bomb, isn't it? Type deal. Um, so she said that she was a little bit annoyed when she signed up for the May Young Classic and stuff. And they said, oh, you have to change that, you know, because she said if done properly, it's totally safe. So um if there's anything for WWE to do right now, bring back pile drivers just because. Uh, I've, I've said the same thing about package pile drivers. The reason they got rid of pile drivers had nothing to do with wrestler safety. Oh, really? Uh, children in America, children in America would do the pile driver, and they uh, unfortunately had some deaths and some paralyzations, and people sued the WWE because kids were doing their moves on TV that they saw on TV. One move that, when that's not done correctly, it will paralyze you and kill you is definitely the pile driver. That is really why they stopped doing it. I guess that's true, but I still think there's a lot of other moves that will still hurt you too, you know? And like if you're trying it at home, because when that thing comes up on WWE TV saying, don't try this anywhere, people trying it everywhere. You know, it's the opposite. <laughs> but um, even that guy on Facebook, I don't know if you've seen him, but um, he comes up in Mania Club every so often, like, where he just hurts himself for the sake of it. Like he'll set a table. On oh, fire. yeah. What's his... I forgot the dude's name. Or living or something stupid. Yeah. I'm not... I, I mean, I don't, I'm glad I don't know his name because I don't want to put him over because he's an idiot. But, um, uh, but yeah, they say... The you know, juggalos and the juggalettes. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like, don't just think it's kids out there doing this stuff. You know, everyone's doing it. I see parents doing it to their kids. You know, like, it's it's just... Yeah, but I understand why I guess the pile driver's been taken out, but it's so refreshing to see it in um in AEW though, really. But Yeah, I remember when I was young and you know, those stuff would come up on news and I remember when they stopped doing the move, like completely stopped doing the move. It was after like another one of those suits. It's like you think as well, when you go back to watching kind of, you know, Brett versus Sean and stuff like that, they were hitting pile drivers like they were nothing. You know? Oh no, and they were completely not supposed to be doing it. But yeah. what are you going to do? Fire your biggest stars? It's true. It's true. Um, but where mm. I, where I'm a fan of the move, I don't want to see it done twenty times a match. 
You know, no, no, like um, uh, one of the safest moves in wrestling is Kevin Owens's package pile driver. You don't even land on your head. You actually land on the thigh. There's nothing about it. And I've always thought, you know, that move is so super safe. Why don't they let people do it? But it's still a pile driver. But they still will let you do the Canadian Destroyer because you know what? Have two kids try to do Canadian Destroyer at home, man. I don't think they can pull it off. I saw a video of someone doing it in Walmart the other week. Like literally, there were these these guys wrestling everywhere, like like across their town, and I saw like a Canadian Destroyer done on like a counter in a Walmart or something. It was crazy, but um. I like the Canadian Destroyer, but it should be a finish. It, it shouldn't be, um, it shouldn't be used multiple times a match. It should be the end, or if not, the synopsis to the end. You know, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. So, um, uh, okay. So, I'll let you go again in a second. But like, just to kind of put in another small match um, on the back of that Statlander one, because it's kind of appropriate to what we're talking about. But um, uh, Jungle Boy versus MJF. So my favourite part of the match was there was a reverse Frankensteiner on the apron <laughs> from Jungle Boy onto MJF. I don't know if you remember that, but um, yes, quite a cool little part of the match. Yeah, uh, yeah, and how he took it, like on the apron, on like, like it seemed like he landed right on his head. Uh, people, you know, MJF is more of a talker than a wrestler, but people feel forget that dude can go, you know. And he did a great job. Uh, the destroyer and then that move, you know, it requires a lot from the opponent to actually happen. So it works out. Do you like MJF generally? Oh, I love MJF. I love MJF. I think he is, uh, I mean, he's kind of heel I grew up on. He stays okay. in character all the time. I remember at the first all in. I was like, man, I really enjoy what you do. And he wouldn't shake my hand. He told me my hands were disgusting. And <laughs> I could take the money and put it directly in his wallet, and then he would take a picture for me. So it's funny because he says he, like, hates taking pictures now, so he charges, like, $150 to take a picture with him. It's a stupid number, but it's literally so, you know, people don't take a picture with him. I got a picture with him for $5. I always said that's the last picture I'm going to take with him. Because I got it for five dollars. So that's what I was going to ask you. I was like, if you'd met him, because he just seems like a dick. And oh God, I, he stays in character the whole time. I, you cannot heard, shake him. So um, I can't remember what it was, but I think it might have been before Revolution, um, where there was like a sign-in thing. Was it at C2C or something? Chicago? Yeah, Comic- C2E2. Yeah, that that's was it. where Revolution. Um, Yes, um, and I saw the, these pictures of kids like crying because he's just been a dick, you know. Yes. And that kind of, uh, I think it's okay to someone like you, like not to be rude, but if you're if someone like me or you, like an adult in a queue, um, to meet him, I understand why you'd stay in character there. But I feel like if there's a little kid, you know, like don't go out of your way to to upset them, you know. I just think it's a bit sad. But um, that being said, I think he plays his character down to a T. I think he's probably the best heel in wrestling. Probably the best heel in wrestling right now, him and Baron Corbin. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You love the Baron? Because I love the Baron. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying love, but um, oh, <laughs> again, I like I like what he does. I think he's good at what he does, but um, just seems like a bit of a dick in real life as well, just like a douchebag. But, um, but yeah, he's, he plays character on TV. Oh, but... no. 
Baron Corbin, in real life, nicest person ever. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, I'm, God. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. He's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. That's American football, Super Bowl champions. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I've met him twice, one before he was anything. And I, I told him, I remember looking at him. I was like, whatever it is, whatever that magic it is, you have it. And I look forward to watching you. Uh, forever. That was in WrestleMania 31. He hadn't, he had only been on TV like three or four times. And I told him that. And then I met him again two, was it last year? Oh no, two years ago. It was, he was in the Elimination Chamber and we talked about Kansas City Chiefs football. <laughs> I knew you were going to like at point. I expected it during the Stampede review because I thought you were going to say like, Oh, it was in an American football stadium. And my team's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I just anticipated you saying something about the Chiefs. But I'm super happy yeah. for you with that. Yeah. If it, yes. If, if it, I, it made if me happy. Life. And I celebrate with him. And every time I put like a post and hashtag Chief Kingdom, he always likes it. <laughs> That's good to hear. He actually went to the Super Bowl as well, didn't he? I, I followed him. Yeah, on, um, yeah I hated Story. him so much. Yeah. <laughs> So he it's was just like, and he was like he went to the Super Bowl and probably didn't pay. That's so weird. <laughs> I wanted, I literally like was trying to scratch up every dime I can to get a last row ticket to the uh, Super Bowl, and it was five grand. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's the same. And he, over- he probably didn't pay at all, and he just got to watch it. Yeah, it's the same over here for like um, kind of European. Um, European Cup finals when with soccer, football, you know, like you'd pay a fortune to go and get a ticket for that, if at all, you know, crazy. But um, but yeah, no, we were just chatting about MJF. I just um, think he's a bit of a dick. Like he just comes across as a bit of a dick, and he's got that baby face look on his, you know, because he's so young as well. I just look at his face and want to slap him, you know. <laughs> but then again, it works perfectly for what he's doing, so I can't um, can't fault him in that sense. So. Uh, even down to the finish of this match as well, where he did like a typical hill roll-up finish um, to beat Jungle Boy as well. So, yeah, it was a quick one, but it was all right. I enjoyed it. Yeah, he took a little book uh, page out of uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s book with that roll-up. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, we love a roll-up. I don't think yeah. we see enough roll-ups. Um, yeah, or a small package. Love a small package. Yeah, uh, Juice Robinson... Uh... He was in the New Japan promo. He's like, I'll roll this guy up. I can roll you up, too. And that's how he ended up winning one of his titles is with a roll-up after promising that's what he was going to do is to roll up. Did you ever listen to um, Edge and Christian's pod of all sorts? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was a pretty uh, loyal listener to them. With uh, Christian's uh, alter ego, uh, Paul Smackage. <laughs> Paul Smackage and Flip Sunset. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, don't, about, don't forget about Flip Sunset. I don't think Flip Sunset was anywhere near as over as Paul Smackage was there. Yeah, my friend Adam, uh, he's in my wrestling group, the club. He actually won a contest to make a shirt for Flip Smackage. <laughs> no, no, not for a uh, for a uh, yeah, Flip Sunset. Flip Flip Sunset. He he made the shirt that they ended up selling on Pro Wrestling Tees. That's so funny. I don't know if anyone bought it, but it's so funny. You know, yes. package. Yes. package was the guy who never got over from Grapevine, Texas. Yes. <laughs> I love that podcast. As soon as they stopped that, actually, I had a hunch, you know, that Edge was coming back. I just knew I, it. I, was like, I told everybody. I told everybody yeah. it's coming back. I was like, they've stopped the podcast. That has to be for a reason, you know. And um, 
I was still blown away though when he came out of the rumble. I still didn't expect it. Anyway, I did not. I am I very see. good at getting off topic. You may have noticed. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I'm what okay this show's that. all about. <laughs> that's what this show's all about, really. Um, just ch- chatting shit. But um, yeah, let's talk about. All right, so I, I picked the last two just to kind of get through them. But um, what was so? There's I've got two. Ma- like I mean, you kind of spoke about Sean Spears and Dustin earlier. I mean, I don't think it needs any more talk than that, really. Um, so yeah, what would you want to talk about first, the ladder match or the AEW World Championship match? AEW World Championship match. I actually enjoyed both matches, but the AEW World Championship match of every match on this card felt like a fight. It felt like those two guys desperately wanted to win. You know what I mean? It was very much, I don't know how much you watch New Japan, it was very much New Japan strong style match. It was very aggressive, very stiff. I, it's like, I don't know if a lot of people going to want to have that type of match with Moxley, because I can imagine them waking up with some serious, you know, actual bruises on there. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. He's a bit of a bit of a tough gun yeah it literally starts with his entrance music though because i keep saying to people like considering it's got no words or anything i feel like it's the best entrance music in wrestling right now because it's like you know the, the kind of soundtrack to want to wanting to beat someone up you know <laughs> and it's like he's ready to go as soon as it hits um but yeah no i thought the match was cool um people speculating before it started like whether or not Brody lee is a main event um, because they were com- making this comparison of kind of shield versus Wyatt family where these two have kind of gone before. But I have to say watching this match, I could have said you could, if you said to me, Oh, these two guys were in those two factions wouldn't have mattered to me. I looked at this as two individuals, which was so good for me. Cause I'm like, yes, I'm fully invested in you guys now, you know, as solo guys. So um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, just a couple of spots that I enjoyed. Um, the exploder suplex that Brody did to um, Mox onto the like kind of ring fence thing. Um, I thought that was cool. So I spent the whole show as well waiting for someone to go through those cards that were at ringside. So mm-hmm. you had like red and black on either side and I was waiting for someone to go through them. And although they attempted to do it in this match, it didn't quite pay off the way they'd kind of wanted to. So they like, um, I think it was uh, Brody did some sort of slam on Mox, like onto it as well after they didn't break it. So um, it was good to see those used. Um, the paradigm shift through the stage, I thought was cool. Like at the end, that was uh, totally unexpected as well. They literally fought everywhere in this arena as well, didn't they? They were kind of everywhere. Um, but yeah, the paradigm shift that he put him through the stage, I never expected the stage to just blow open like that. I thought that was really good, um, really entertaining. Um, the only criticism for me is the finish, though, because I'm not. Were you a fan of the sleeper hold finish? I was because okay. uh, it needed. Uh, I think uh, Brody needed to be protected. He was undefeated in a, a roster. It was still, uh, you know, you looking at him and he's new in the roster. He was only five and zero. Oh. He hadn't really built anything up. I didn't think it was time for him to lose. So the fact that he was not pinned or submitted, he was more choked out because he was bleeding, uh, I think it protects him in a loss. 
I guess that's true, actually. I hadn't really thought of it like that. That's why you're here. Um, <laughs> you, you've actually got a, a common sense about this. But I, I just saw it as a bit like where he did the elevated um, paradigm shift as well. I think that's finished matches before. Um, no, I mean, it had never been kicked out. Exactly. And I was like, oh, I thought that was going to be the finish again. Um, and then when he just slapped on the, the sleeper hold, I was a bit like, mm, OK, you know. But, yeah, now that you've explained it, I guess it kind of makes sense. Makes more it was sense a, anyway. But, yeah, it was um, like a bulldog choke into the sleeper hole. And, it, and yeah. to me, that added a level of realism to it because, you know, when you're fighting someone, you're not only going to try to finish them that one way. You're going to do whatever you can to get them to stop fighting you. And this dude is just need him in the head five times, then lifting him up and spiked him on the head with a DDT, and he kicked out like barely at two. It wasn't like it wasn't like it was close to three. And he's like, dude, just die, just die, yeah. just like out of desperation, just grabbed his neck, and he's like, I'm just gonna choke the life out of you because you won't stay down. Yeah, I guess that's true actually. I like the bit where like he was um, choking him and he kind of hooked his leg as well, as if to say like there's no way in hell you're getting out of this, you know, almost kind of like Oscar does with the Oscar lock um, to proper lock it on, like cool. But um, so yeah, Bro- uh, Brody Lee is now has now been defeated, but Moxley is twelve and oh. so um, twelve and oh. him uh, and MJF are the only two wrestlers to not lose a singles match. Do you think that's going to be important information down the line? Absolutely. You think MJF's going to be like in that? I think he's going to be the one that actually the thrones down Moxley. <gasps> no, no, I won't yeah. have that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, John Moxley is this unbeatable badass. You, oh. what you do, you need somebody that's unscrupulous and dirty to beat him. I guess so. Yeah, and then it makes Mox look good as well in a way. Yeah. Oh man! Now that you've put that in my head, though, that's all I'm going to be expecting now. Damn yeah, it. And, and let's say don't expect it. I like literally, I'm I'm part of a pool or pick 'em. Last night, I I got five right out of the ten, so <laughs> I'm not really good at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the same with uh, with WWE pay per views. Like uh, up till WrestleMania, we had like we did it for a whole cal- like a whole calendar year, and I came last. <laughs> I literally yeah. had no idea. I was I'm, too busy. I'm second to last, so yeah. there you go. Too busy going with my um, my heart over my head, really. So, yeah, I um, think I think sometimes I pick who I wanted to win, not who I thought was gonna win. You literally just pick Cody every week. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's only lost twice. So yeah, yeah. true, 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 true. <laughs> His wins and losses matter as well, which is actually nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. So that was the main event. Um, ladder match. Ladder match, which opened up the show, um, which was cool. So if people haven't seen the show and are listening to this, it has a totally different concept to how a normal ladder match goes. Because um, I didn't actually know that this was going to happen until it started happening. Um, because there was a a new entry every two minutes, almost like a kind of Royal Rumble or a um a gauntlet. Yeah, it, it was a MITV and a Royal Rumble combined rolled into one um so yeah. i've got a question before we go into the match then does, so does the winner because this wasn't really made clear is the do, does the winner just get a title shot down the line or does it work oh, on the in the bank where they, they actually cap- they actually announced the title match after the show so after we talk about this and who wins 
I'll, okay. Yeah, tell you when it is. Okay, fair enough. Um, good to hear. All right, so yeah, we had um, people entering every two minutes. Um, for me, it didn't really get interested until Orange Cassidy came out, um, not really knowing what he the hell he was doing or why he was there. Um, typical Orange Cassidy stick. Stick. Um, do you like Orange Cassidy? Oh, uh, uh, I love him as a comedic relief. I do. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to leave it at that because uh, I saw him last year. And so it was WrestleMania 35 in New York. I saw him for the first time. And I was like, I can't believe no one's ever done this character before. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Then he signed with AEW. And I keep feeling like that every week. And I think they do book it just well enough to keep you entertained. And this one last night was crazy. Because you know what? If they did the interview right before. And he's like, you mean I gotta climb that thing? And it was just hilarious. I like how um, he couldn't. He didn't even know how to put a ladder up. Like it was yeah. on its side. Like it was just flat in the ring, and he stood on that and put his arms <laughs> in the air. You know, as if to say, "I can get that." Um, no, I enjoy him. I think he's funny. Um, Orange Cassidy. Like I say, I mean, he, I can't really take him too seriously as a wrestler right now. But there has been little flourishes of him, like to see, you know, when you see what he can actually do. You know, but the whole gimmick of him is that he can't be bothered, you know, which is genius. Again, like, I'm surprised no one else no one else has ever thought to do it. Um, it's quite something. So I hopefully you can remember, but I can't actually remember any of the order of people coming in except for the last one. Uh, I, I was going to say uh, Scorpio, Kazarian were first and second. Kip Sabian came in third because, uh, you know, Jimmy Havoc jumped in with him. I believe who was fourth? That irritated. Darby me. Allen. Yeah, um, Darby Jim, was fourth. Jimmy Havoc's involvement annoyed me a little bit. I don't know. Well, if it was a no DQ. It's a no DQ match. No, but there was already too many people in the match as is. You well, know, his, there was his suit was amazing. Oh yeah, the suit looked cool. Um, yeah, is that you is that a reference? That suit. <laughs> you think I could pull off that that suit? Uh, you could pull that off. He's um yeah. he's from Camden as well, which is not far from me really. Um, I love Camden as a city, but yeah, uh, as a town in London, sorry, or borough. Um, do you think that suit was like a reference to the whole blood and guts thing? I think it was a reference to his hardcore, how he's a hardcore legend. Yeah, fair enough. I just thought there might have a little bit been that extra layer on top of it, as if to like have a little bit of a, you know, a bit. No, of a... I've actually seen him in that suit before. He actually wore it at a signing at uh, Starcast Two, I believe. Okay, I thought you were going to say like you saw him like at a wedding, <laughs> a wedding or something, wearing that suit. Because why the hell not? Um, if I can't wear a Dom and Dama suit, you know where they wear the orange and the blue um, suits when they go to the wedding. Um, I want to wear that uh, that other one that Jimmy Havoc wore. My so, plan, my plan this summer is to figure out how to uh, get me a, a custom suit, American Nightmare suit made. Oh, of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah, you want. I want to. I want to make it. I want to wear it to the next time that there's a show that I can go to. Bloody hell! People say that I'm obsessed with things with like my Lady Gaga merch. You, you and Cody have a different relationship totally. Yeah. So, um, all right. And so, if he stops being awesome, I would stop buying his stuff. <laughs> you just ditch him like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Darby Allen when he came in, um, he actually looked like he hurt himself with the whole skateboard thing. Um. 
I, I think I don't know. I'm just speculating, but I, I kind of feared that's why he didn't have too much involvement for the rest of the match. He actually know. was. He walked away, and he, he's just fine. Just to report okay. for you. Well, this is obviously working perfectly for me because I said the same thing about Britt earlier. How like yeah. I, <laughs> I worry for these people. I'm like, oh god, he genuinely looked like he hurt himself. So um. But, well, I, I, I'm one of the weirdos that actually listened to the media scrum this morning, so okay. I had, I have a little, <laughs> I have a little bit more info then. I was going to say I haven't. I mean, I watched the show today, but um, between then and talking to you, I was a bit busy in between, so I haven't kind of seen much yeah. about it, like social media and stuff. I've just seen like initial reaction. So yeah, um, I'm the, I'm the nerd that. Goes to YouTube and listens to the all things all AEW media scrum, so I can be informed. Well, all elite wrestling is your baby, so it really is. It really is. I don't see why you wouldn't do that. You know, if you're like if you're anything like me, I mean, like just saying about Lady Gaga as an example, her new song come out on Friday, and it's already like my most played song, like on my <laughs> own. So just to put that into context for you. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about this match. Other bits that made me laugh was when Marco and his mini ladder was funny. Yes. Um, shouldn't have been funny because it should have been something that I'd hate, but I found it quite funny. It amused me. Uh, he's the hornswoggle of AEW. <laughs> but he's good. That's the thing. He's actually got talent in him. He should be everything I hate. But when you, I love the Jurassic Express. That's one thing I want to say. One thing I want to express, if you pardon the pun. But I love mm-hmm. Arctic Express. I just think they're so good. Um, I mean, what's not to love? Like, fighting dinosaurs, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, Luchasaurus had some good moments in this match. Um, little flourishes. But I think where there's so many people in a match like this, it's quite hard to showcase everyone, you know? So you yeah. get little flurries here and there. But I thought he yeah. did enough. Yeah, everybody gets their little one-minute uh, flurry of offense when they get out there. I saw Joey Janela's was great. Um, oh, big, when he uh, first came out, yeah, and, yeah, it was almost like um, in a Royal Rumble where you get that big pop as you come out and then you eliminate like five people in one go. It was kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of threw himself at everybody. And you know, the story was he replaced Phoenix, and it was like that story came through in his actions. Like, I got this shot that I didn't deserve, so I'm going to go all out to try <laughs> to get this, uh, to try to win, because, you know, I'm not even supposed to be here. Unintended with all out. Um, I like that. Absolutely. Uh, sure. Uh, I enjoyed the Death Valley driver off the apron onto that big chip. Um, it looked quite brutal, because those chips looked really heavy as well. Like, when, like, five of them had to carry it to bury who we're going to talk about in a second. Um, I thought that it looked really heavy. And like when you saw the Death Valley driver off the apron, I thought it looked quite cool, quite a cool spot. Because these matches are always nuts that you think. When Considering when you think how many ladder matches there's been since that kind of iconic WrestleMania one with Edge, Christian, Dudley's and Hardy's, you think, how are they going to keep better in themselves? You know, but um, every match always seems to find its own unique way of being entertaining. I don't know if you find the same thing, but... Yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree. They seem to work. I think you can overdo them, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, yeah, so I enjoyed that. So then um, the last entrant was a mystery. Nobody knew who it was going to be. 
building up to the show. So before we say who it was, who did you think it was going to be? Okay. thought it was going to be Ricky Starks. He is a guy that wrestles in the NWA. He he has a, he's very good on the mic. He's men call him he he says men call him absolute, women call him stroke daddy. He uh put out some videos this uh video this week on his YouTube page or Twitter and it was really good video. It seemed like he was, you know, reintroducing himself and then yesterday morning he uh posted that he was on a flight. Okay. So I, I thought he was going to be him. Uh, I I will tell you why I didn't think it was going to be the guy that it was when you tell me who <laughs> you thought it was going to be. Oh, I, I couldn't have been any further away. I thought it was going to be Pac. <laughs> but then I realized, I didn't realize until afterwards that he's not actually in the country, is he? He's in the yeah, he's in the same country as you. So, no, <laughs> he, can't, he, he can't make that trip, sir. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't realize that until later. And I was like, because Jimmy Havoc was there. So I kind of thought, He's English. Why, why no, he he lives in Florida with uh, Kip and Penelope. They live in the same apartment. Yeah. So does that mean Pac doesn't have the like right credentials to kind of settle in America? I oh no, he he lived in America for a very long time. He just doesn't want to live in America. <laughs> so that meant that's why he had to come home when it all kicked off, sort of thing. The whole pandemic stuff. I so. think he was already home right. when it happened. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he was home when it, you know, went down, and then he just couldn't come into America. Fair enough. Or, um, or he could have came in America, but they wouldn't have let him go back. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, none of us can go anywhere at the moment, so that doesn't. Yeah. Make... But that oh, yeah, they would have. They would have let him in. He just wouldn't have been able to go back to the UK, and so right. he just stayed there. That didn't stop my brain from thinking it was him, though. Um, but yeah, I couldn't have been more wrong, really. So, um, yeah, the last entrant was um, in totally in his entrance music as well, like in the first line of his entrance music, Brian Cage. Um, yes. Just, just in case you didn't know who he was, his name was on the screen and in the entrance music. So there's no excuse for not knowing <laughs> who it was that was coming out, you know. So yeah, here's um, a little tidbit because I love to give you a little tidbits. Love it. Uh, when it said, uh, who can stop the cage? Uh, that was a play on Taz. Uh, Taz, when he uh, went to being Taz, he dropped the Z and went to being Taz from a goofy character to the badass that he was. Uh, Paul Heyman's uh, intro form was who can stop the rage. So he gave him his catchphrase and just changed the word. Oh, that's nice. I like when I hear wrestling stories like that. Because the industry has to move on, you know, like it has to keep going. So yeah. these things do need to keep going, you know. So um, um, I'm not really sure what Taz is doing at the moment. I know that feels kind of weird. I, it makes more sense now. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like when he came out, I was like, oh, OK, so he's aligned himself. Because like, when he kept almost trying to coach Darby Allen over the last few weeks, I'm not really understand understanding what Taz's role is. Um, but now it looks like he's going to be full-time manager for um, Brian Cage. So um, did you expect Brian Cage's debut on a non-fan show? Did you think they were going to hold it off? Because people knew he was coming, right? No. I, 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 he would have 110% been my guest. He had bicep surgery in January. 
Okay. And the original prognosis is that he was going to be up out up to ten months. So it looked like I got worked, and they just they gave you a really big number. So I was like, no, it can't be Brian Cage. He's still injured. Boom, walks (laughs) through the door. Bloody hell, that dude recovers quicker than Triple H. Yeah, Triple H injury recovery. Yeah, it's smart. You just give people way too long, then they never know when you're going to show through the door. A lot of my friends predicted Brian Cage, but I just thought they were being idiots. Why would you pick Brian Cage? His bicep is still torn. I'll be totally honest. I didn't know he had a torn bicep. So, I, yeah, I didn't know that he wasn't going to be fit and able. But then again, I didn't know. I didn't predict that he was coming. I knew that he'd signed a while back, whenever that was, but I didn't know if he was... You know, I had no, which was nice. I had no idea who was going to be the last person to come out. So um, it was quite a cool moment. So, but that being said, when he came out, I didn't think he was going to win it. I just, I just had a feeling that I, I just thought it's not, he's not going to win it. You know, I, I, I fancied Darby Allen to win it. Um, I wanted Scorpio Sky to win it. Really? Even away from like the tag team stuff, like you don't think he's a better tag team wrestler? I don't even like SCU as a tag team. SCU. Like, I love their entrance, and I think that's a perfect way to start off a show to get everybody pumped because it's interaction. But I kind of see them like Enzo and Kaz. <laughs> and you know, like, yeah, you're there. To, your entrance gets the crowd going. But when it comes to actually being champions, I would have never put the belt on them. They definitely would have been my first champions. I think Scorpio has much more of a career as a singles opponent, a singles person than a tag. I think they're just keeping the tag team titles like irrelevant until the revival show up, to be honest, or the revolt. Are they going to be called the revolts moving? The revolts. It can be the revolt, the revival. It's it's F the R and FTR is always supposed to change. Okay, that's interesting. But do you think that? Just whilst we're on the topic of them, do you think they're AEW bound? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, you know, I think they might wait for fans, but if you were to tell me to give my guess, I would say this Wednesday. But I've been guessing this Wednesday since they got released. And Every then, Wednesday, I guess that they're going to show up. Would that be, that wouldn't be ninety days though, would it? They yeah. don't have a ninety day. Their contracts oh, actually is- expired, so they don't oh. have a ninety day clause. Oh, okay. Well, they're in a win-win then. They could show up wherever. When I listened to them on the Talk is Jericho podcast, though, they I don't know whether or not they were like, um, what's the word, like kind of in character, because um, they were talking about all the potential options that they could take, you know, rather than saying, oh, yeah, we're 100% coming to AEW, you know, because they were saying, oh, we might explore this, we might explore that. So that's what made, I don't know whether or not I've just totally been sucked into that. But I just feel that they'll be AEW like suited, like the best person. Absolutely. They'll be AEW. Uh they're gonna jump the Young Bucks and we're gonna get to dream match forever. Yeah, literally somewhere where tag team wrestling actually matters. So it'd be nice to see them do well and thrive. But yeah, you think um I don't know whether or not I'll like that match. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see because with the Bucks being so kind of high flyery and um the revival being quite like technical. It might be a clash of styles, maybe, but I don't know. I'll be open to seeing it still. We'll wait and see. I'm not like hyping it like you just did in the sense of all oh, dream match because I don't. I per for me personally, it's not a dream match. So 
So oh uh, yeah, yeah, they're my favorite tag team on earth. So it's a dream match for me. The Bucks are or the Revival are. The Revival. The Revival. Oh, okay. Oh, that's yeah, cool. I was, yeah, I was no, gonna I like say that. I already have the one where they were kind of fading away from the WWE, and then I have another, the Fear the Revolt one on the way. <laughs> Typically, you. How much money are you spending on merch right now? Unbelievable. Um, actually, if you take if you take what I spend on merch at WrestleMania and what I would have spent on merch at Double Nothing if I was there this weekend, I've probably saved quite a bit of money i'm the same actually so i'm not i mean i would never brag financially it's just not in me at all but um missing a wrestlemania this year i'm actually financially in the best place i've ever been (laughs) i know that sounds really baffling but i've had all my refunds back for everything now and i'm like i've actually got quite a lot of money like i you know for what i need to do you know i'm just sitting on it because i don't want to blow it on stupid stuff so um we'll wait and see but uh but yeah is is there anything oh yeah so we didn't even talk about the winner of this match so just before the winner of this match um he picked up darby allen and threw him into a ladder at the end like from the ring to the outside looked brutal i don't know how that came across to you but i thought it looked horrible definitely looked brutal uh yeah it just looked oh god yeah i thought he was legitimately <laughs> hurt yeah exactly yeah so i'm not the only one that gets sucked into this um, but then, yeah, Brian Cage climbs the, um, almost so climbs the cage then, climbs the ladder um, and unhooks the chip and is going to be your number one contender. So fill me in on what you know that I don't know in relation to how this moves forward. Uh, yes, uh, Brian Cage versus Mox is signed for Fighter Fest 2. Uh, Tony uh, then said Fighter Fest 2 was originally supposed to be in the UK. But because of uh, COVID, they have to move it back to America. They didn't give us any dates or where it's going to be. But yeah, uh, and they're gonna, they're going to, uh, their goal is to get a show there as quickly as possible. Fucker, we could have had a show. I don't think we're going to get anything this year. This year's a nightmare. Uh, You know, they've rearranged. They've already rearranged the SmackDown that's meant to be here in like October, September, October. But I don't even know if that will go ahead, to be honest. But, but we'll, you we'll got see. good news. If they if do have... it next year, I will come visit. Yay. You've been wanting to come to London for a while, though, right? Or do you yes. And, yes. And I just said, decided it's like if they do their first AEW show, I was here for their first show in America. <laughs> I should be there for their first show in the I UK. Hope, that would be awesome. I hope they get a good venue for you because yes. some of our venues are shit. <laughs> but um but like just as a tip like us going to you financially normally kind of works out okay because of the dollar to the pound exchange rate but at the moment there's probably never been a better time to come to the uk Although yeah because it's like yeah, yeah i sent someone for a contest and and double or nothing was 1999 so i thought i was going to be sending them like 40 bucks American. It was only 25. The exchange rate kicks ass right now. This is what I mean. So, like, although you technically can't, Mm -hmm. but, you you know, now would be the best time to come, really, um, because of, yeah, you'd, you'd, well, financially talking. Or I can just buy a lot of pounds now. You could do. Could do. Have you ever been to Europe in general? No. No. Okay. I I mean, I can't speak for the rest of Europe, but my city is good. 
The UK <laughs> is where I've always wanted to go. London and uh, around, and I've always wanted to go to a progress show, and I've always wanted to go to a football match. Just to you know, those atmospheres. Like, there's nothing better than a UK crowd. So you're not one of those Americans though that think the UK is just London, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, is that, my uh, favorite person from the UK, Drew McIntyre, is not from London. So no. You're you're saying I'm not your favorite person from the UK? No, no, it's Drew. I mean, oh. he's big, he's handsome. You see the abs and the beard. Uh, sorry, I'm definitely not big, but I'll I'd still like to think I'm handsome. He's a little. He, he's got a little too much of a tan for me, but he's still handsome. <laughs> for sure. I just remember like there was a, a roar here and I remember watching it back like and um Michael Cole on commentary. I think it was funnily enough, um, Pac as Adrian Neville um was wrestling and they were saying, Oh yeah, he doesn't live too far from here. Like he's from Newcastle and I'm like, It's like a eight hour drive, <laughs> you know. In, in America? In America, eight hours is nothing. I know, but that's still yeah. it's still quite far, you know. It's yeah, really no, no, like like I live seven seven hours from Steve. I drove down, watched him wrestle, and drove back like it was nothing. That's crazy. Yeah, but then yeah. you, can, you can drive in your country because the roads are bigger, the cars are more comfortable. Over yeah. here, it's just a nightmare. And gas a is a lot cheaper. Yeah, exactly. Like to fill your car up, it would cost you like a lot less. So. But yeah, like I remember Michael Cole being like, "Oh yeah, Adrian Neville's only from down the road," and I'm like, "No, he's yeah, not. He's yeah. from outside well, of the country." Michael Cole <laughs> is from Texas. Michael Cole yeah. is from Texas. In Texas, eight hours is around the corner. <laughs> That's great. Crazy. I mean, we would fly that or get a train. You know, yeah, like... no, no, not at all. I, um, I, I, uh, I've driven to Florida all the time. That's thirteen, fourteen hours. So, I remember when um. I was chatting with Steve outside um, Access in New Orleans, and he said he got a coach, like a Greyhound bus. And I was like, oh, how long did that take? He said, oh, about 10 hours. <laughs> and I was like, that was the same time as me flying, you know, from London to New Orleans. That's crazy to me. And he was like, yeah. oh, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh. we did. We did um, I did from Oklahoma City to Houston to Brooklyn, which was 31 hours in a car. Fucking hell. Oh, yeah. that Was that for SummerSlam? Yep. Yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing the uh, the trip updates. I like your trip updates on Facebook, actually, where you check in at different places, like our stops along the way. Cause like yeah, I'm I, saying, I always tell people, I'm not going to call you and tell you where I'm at, but if you have Facebook, you will always <laughs> to know where I'm at. Because I look at that and think, he's just driven my country twice, <laughs> and now he's going to take a break. You know, that's mad. Absolute mad to me. So, um, again, off topic. Um, but you're happy with Brian Cage? Are you? Oh yeah! Oh God! I'm so excited. I loved him in Impact Wrestling. Uh, he's a, a machine, dude. Is that big and can do a standing shooting star? He's a freak athlete, and he doesn't mind losing. He even put Tess over going okay. when he was he was on the way out. He's just he's like a wrestler's wrestler, and it's like you know when you're building a roster. Uh, when it comes to wrestling, it's almost like a football team or any other team. You want to build, a, bring in a good locker room guy that'll get along and you know do what you need him to do. Yeah, I think that's quite a good assessment of him actually. I mean, I'll be honest, um, I didn't, I don't really watch Impact. So I watch it now and again if it's on, but over here it's obviously different timings and stuff. Like I focus WWE and AEW mostly, and that's what you'll hear mostly on this 
show or this podcast, but um, I've heard good things about him. People talk him up a lot, which is good. Um, he looks like a dick, don't get me wrong, because like, he looks a bit like EC3, and EC3 is supposedly a really nice guy as well. And like, oh, these... yeah, EC3 is amazing. Uh, yeah. I remember I had a autograph with him, and I told him he was my favorite wrestler because at the time he was uh, in Impact. And he said, hey, you're my favorite fan, and that's how he signed the autograph. Yeah, he was cool when I met him. I saw him in um, New York um, in like one of the photo booths, and I was just – you know, I think as well, if you're not like, I'm going to I'm going to express this, actually, because people that listen to this show will meet people. And like most of the people I know are fine. But um, if you're going to meet a wrestler or, or a famous person in general, be nice, you know, because don't don't expect stuff. You know, like if you're um, if you're nice to them, the likelihood is they're going to be nice back to you. If you're going to be a demanding little bitch, they're not going to like you, you know, and they're going to be ruder to you. So, you know, you get what you you get what you put in and such, you know, just wanted to put that out there. Don't know if you feel the same, but I just wanted to throw that out there. So, um, um, okay. So that finishes up our, um, chat about AEW's double or nothing. Um, ironically, weirdly with the start of the show, I told you this podcast baffles me. So, um, yeah, I hope people enjoyed that little review section. Um, so yeah, what did you say you'd give the show overall? Was it an A? I get it. Give it an A. I mean, uh, if you really, really don't like that kind of stampede steed wrestling, I'd stay, still give it a B plus. But, you know, it, that made it an A for me. It was just so fun and so energetic. It's like I had friends over and they kept going out to smoke. That was the only time they just like stayed in front of the TV and didn't move. Okay, that's good to hear. That's cool to hear. Like I say, I'm not really a ratings guy. Um, I don't mind getting ratings off the people that come on here just to kind of get a feel for how people enjoy shows. But um, for me, I, I won't give it a letter or anything. I'll just say I thought it was good and I liked it. So, um, yeah, that concludes my um, little double and off review there with Mr. AEW um, Floyd. Um, have you been watching the Undertaker documentary? I've watched the first two episodes. I see you had gotten to three before me. Yes, so I watched the third one earlier today. Um, all right, so we won't get into the third one then. What do, What have you thought so far? I have thought that if k wasn't officially dead, it is officially dead now. Uh, no, but no, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, my whole thing, my biggest problem is, you know, how much pain. I hate when people say all the – it's the one probably – like really negative thing is when people say I'm coming back to do this for y'all how much pain he does to do it for y'all and I'm like dude I haven't wanted to watch The Undertaker wrestle since like 31 you know what I mean I love him and you know I love what he did as far as through wrestling for a lot of years and meeting him was one of the best things that I've ever done as far as a wrestling fan but it's just like stop doing it to yourself you know what I mean I do exactly know what you mean. If it it hurts that bad, stop. You gave him one more year than I gave him. I was (laughs) was done with him at 30, to be honest. As soon as the streak was done, I was done. Yeah, and I figured he might come back for one more retirement match, and that'll be it. And it's like, I love The Undertaker, but it's just like, I don't think he brings anybody to anything anymore. I don't think he's a draw. I think... um, 
so in the uh, first couple of episodes, can't, I mean, I've seen the third one now as well, but we won't talk about it as you've not seen it. But um, where he said, like, and he said it a few times where he didn't want to become a parody of himself. And I'm like, well, it's too late. You know, that's that's what you've become. You know, you're, yeah. not, you're not living up to it. People are watching you awkwardly, you know, like, oh, he's going to hurt himself or, he's, or whatever. However you sit there and watch it, it's uncomfortable viewing. I just, um, I don't enjoy it, but. Um, I have been enjoying the series, though, and I just want to say, like, you know, not that he'll listen to this, but, like, a f- kind of a thank you to Mark for kind of letting a camera crew follow him around. Because, like you say, um, he is one of the biggest mystiques, I think is the right word, of pro wrestling ever. And yeah, he's he's the last. He was the last one. He yeah. was the last guy that you didn't know everything about his personal life. I remember um, being at a Mick Foley comedy show, and he said... The day that kayfabe dies is literally when the Undertaker starts tweeting or Instagram, you know, and that's mm-hmm. happened. Now. You know, he said that at the time he said dead men don't tweet, but that's obviously not not a thing now. So, um, yeah, I don't really want to see him wrestle anymore, though. I'm quite happy for him to call it a day. I'm just worried. Oh, yeah. When, you know, uh, as bad as it's going to sound, um, I don't like saying it, but I just feel like it could be true in the sense of like he won't be satisfied until he actually dies in the ring. You know, that's, yeah. that's how I feel about it, really. And I know that sounds brutal to say, but otherwise Dude. he would have called it a day by now, you know? Dude, after after uh, the graveyard match or the boneyard match or whatever they wanted to call it, uh, <laughs> I uh, I decided I only I, I decided Undertaker's next move. He should do straight to Netflix action movies where he just drives around basically as him kicking people's ass because that was like the most entertaining thing ever and i was like i want this on a movie and he could be like the like rescuing people and he's like call the taker yeah like he's um like he's clint eastwood or some shit yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and it's like and he won't have to do any of his own stunts and so you know and he can still entertain the world if that you know that's what his itch is and he doesn't have to you know put his body through that that would actually be quite funny. I don't know. I mean, WWE films haven't been that great, really. See, but... and that's why, I mean, their films are always better when they hire an outside production team to do it. And then it was like this production team with WWE films. So I'm like, they should let someone else that knows what they're doing handle it. But it should be like almost like spaghetti westerns all about The Undertaker. But instead <laughs> of like a horse, he's on a bike. <laughs> it would be quite funny. I think I'd see straight through it, but it could be quite funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just to finish up on Taker, then a little bit of chat. Um, if he was to have one last match, um, and you would be there for it being a WrestleMania, um, who would you have it against, and why? Uh, Drew McIntyre, and put Drew McIntyre over. Okay, that's not the answer I thought you were going to give at all. But okay. who do you think I was going to give? I don't know, actually, but I, I didn't think it would be a current guy. I thought it would be, like, I, I think they're, or something. I truly think they're doing everything right right now with Drew McIntyre. I just don't think there's a big enough name to give him the rub he needs. Uh, I think The Undertaker would help. Okay, that's fair. I personally, um, I know this can sound really weird, but the way that, because it's everything I, I'm against, really, but um, considering how they've been making these movie um, matches sort of thing, I wouldn't mind a break from in-ring wrestling, say, at next year's WrestleMania, 
and see um, a cinematic match between Undertaker and Sting um, and kind of have it be their last bow-outs, like both of them, you know? Absolutely. I know it would be a bit weird having Taker's last moment be on a screen rather than in a ring, um, but um, also to kind of back that point up, um, he's had enough farewell moments now for me not to care. I know that sounds kind of rude, but I was there for 30 when everyone was chanting, thank you, Taker, and he walked away as if he was done. And I then, was there also. And then we were both there at WrestleMania 33 when he put mm-hmm. all his coat and hat in the ring and broke character by kissing Michelle. And then, you know, he ended the show. So for me, I know it's going to sound selfish, but I've seen enough now. You know, I don't need to, I don't owe you another farewell Undertaker moment. You know, so that's yeah, why. Yeah, I'm hoping the last episode of this show is him announcing his retirement. Yeah, potentially. Um, if I'm being totally honest, actually, I don't even want him to go out at WrestleMania now um, because the streak isn't intact and it doesn't mean much now. So I would actually rather see him go out at this year's Survivor Series because it would be 30 years, I think. Um, yeah, so isn't the streak technically intact? Because then he beat, like, who did he beat last year in New York? He didn't wrestle at New York. He was on Raw the night after. Oh, um, okay. The, the, the 30, he beat 34. He beat Cena. So he's 2-0 and at WrestleMania. 2-0. <laughs> he starts it all over again. The streak um, starts. But yeah, I wouldn't, maybe, I, I wouldn't mind maybe seeing that Sting versus Taker match at Survivor Series because Sting came in at Survivor Series too to help, to help Team um, Ziggler or whatever it was beat the authority. Um, if you remember that a few years back. So, um, yeah, just to throw that out there for the creative, WWE creative, that I know listen to every fan podcast. So, um, yeah, that's my little piece on Undertaker. So um, just before we finish up, um, the next pay-per-view is in a couple of weeks. It's going to be Backlash. Um, I think it's June 14th. Um, I thought it was TakeOver in your house. Huh. Oh, yeah, it is Backlash. Oh, no, it is, actually. Oh, no, no, you're right. Um, uh, yeah, Backlash is after that. You're right. You are absolutely right. That's why you're here. So um, this is actually going to be on June 7th. Um, so let's have... There's only two matches on here so far, so I'll just get a quick prediction. Um, Champa versus Karrion Cross. Yeah, uh, Karrion Cross. you got to give him the win first match. Yeah, no, I think that's probably fair. Um, and then a triple threat for the NXT Women's Championship, Flair, Ripley, Shirai. Yeah, I think Rhea Ripley pins Shirai. That's exactly win. what I think, because I feel I'm fearing the absolute worst in the sense that, so tomorrow, recording this on Sunday, tomorrow's Raw has got Charlotte Flair for no reason whatsoever versus Natalia versus Nia Jax. The winner goes on to backlash to face. Um, Oscar for the Royal Women's Championship. I think it's going to be Charlotte Fleur. I'm hoping it's Natalia. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, it's, I'm it's, just kidding. It's, I'm just kidding. That was, that was a joke. I'm oh, hoping I'm going for Nia because I love her. I don't love Nia at all, but yeah, no, I think I, I, I worship her soul. If it's not Charlotte because of their agenda, it would be Nia. So, not even sure why Charlotte or Natalia is in there to be honest. But um, but yeah, they're the only two matches announced. What would be your prediction otherwise for matches on this card? So, um, who do you think Adam Cole, baby, will face for his title? 
Uh, Dexter Loomis. Okay, and who do you think would win that? Uh, Adam Cole. Baby. Because if Dexter Loomis wins and becomes the NXT champion, I'll quit watching NXT. And they haven't given you enough reason to stop watching NXT already. <laughs> I know. I, I love the show. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of factions. The Undisputed Era are still kind of running things. I think Matt Riddle is the future of the WWE. If uh, booked right, Keith Lee's one of my favorite wrestlers. I watch NXT religiously, and I think they're doing a good job as possible when someone tells you to turn completely change the format of your show. Yeah, no, I, I do really enjoy NXT. Oh, I, I put NXT first as my priority yeah. each week, AW Dynamite second, and then I think SmackDown and then Raw. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, I just yeah. um, I've just you come switched those first two around. We're good. <laughs> well, they're on par to be fair. I watch them on the same day. I don't watch anything live anymore, just because I haven't got the energy to do it. But um, but no, I've just become a little bit blinded by the whole Charlotte Flair thing. It's kind of ruining WWE TV for me at the moment. So, um, so yeah, they're the only kind of two matches in, um, or the, the predicted one. Uh, we, I was going to mention actually at the start, but I totally forgot when I mentioned Oscar as new Raw champion. But there's also new Raw, uh, new NXT tag team champions um, in Imperium, beating Riddle and um, is it Timothy Thatcher? Is that how you say his name? Yes. Yeah. So how did you feel about that? I thought it was kind of necessary because, you know, the whole idea was Pete Dunne and uh, Riddle. And it was that yin and yang type thing. And Timothy Thatcher doesn't really have charisma to pull it off. Uh, Giving the belts to I will never have a problem with giving the belts to an established tag team to, you know, do tag team wrestling. Yeah, I was literally going to say that same thing. I'll echo exactly what you just said then. Um, tag team wrestling is, is is worst, really, in WWE right now. Um, NXT has kind of been away from that, I, I guess. They've tried. But when they put the belt on um, Riddle and Dunn, although I kind of liked it at the time because it was funny, I was still a bit like, they're not a tag team, you know? So it's a bit frustrating. So um, although I was surprised to see um, it change hands uh, the other week on the NXT TV, I was kind of, like pleased surprised even though i'm not a fan of imperium like at all i just i just can't stand them i just think they're so boring but at least the tag team holds tag team titles so yeah um okay did you want to predict what else do you think maybe on that in your house also Uh, do you like the name in your house a lot of people are a bit on the fence with this are you a fan uh, of yeah i mean I was around for the original In Your House when I was watching them, and I remember they were cheaper pay-per-views. They would cost fourteen ninety-nine instead of regular twenty-nine ninety-nine. So it is a little bit of nostalgia for me. Um, I think Keith Lee – I think it's going to be Keith Lee and Mia Yim versus Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. I think they're going to do a mixed tag team match. Uh, Imperium is going to go against Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. Uh, or the Britam connection, or whatever they call them. Um, that's all I see so far. They might even do a triple threat with the Undisputed Era, but I, uh, that's what I see right now. Yeah, I 100% think that the Candace and uh, Johnny and Keith and Mio is going to happen. I normally hate mixed tag wrestling. Like, I just don't like it at all. Um, I, again, I'm not like a fan of intergender wrestling either, but. Um, I'm going to love this because I love it. It just feels like this is, 
it's May, and remember last year around the same time is when the Becky and Seth yeah. versus Lacey and Baron Corbin. I was like, so it's the summer mixed tag wrestling time? What the hell? It <laughs> didn't work for anybody. It didn't get anybody over. So I I sincerely hope it's Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano and then Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae, and they have two separate matches. But I have a feeling it's going to be a mixed tag, and I'm going to hate it because I hate mixed tag matches. To me, if you're going to do intergender wrestling, go either go all the way or don't do it. No, I, I agree. Um, not in the last bit. I don't like intergender wrestling at all, but I agree. Uh, no, no, I don't like it. I hate it. Oh. I absolutely hate it. But if you're going to do it, do it. You know what I mean? I hate mixed tag. I hate the, oh, they're both in the match, but you can't touch him and you can I mean, what's the point? You might as well have two singles matches. It's like when they, you, the hot tag thing doesn't seem to work yeah. in mixed tag wrestling. Yeah. Like, oh, but now he's got to change, you know, so it's a bit strange. But um, no, I agree with the sentiment that I do think this is going to go down that road. I don't think that it's going to, I'd love it to be two singles matches, but I don't think it will be um, just because of the way that they're portraying it on TV. Like, Candace and Johnny are doing the promo together, you know, so um, I just feel like they're kind of being booked together right now. So um, so who would you have go over in that one then? I mean, Gargano changed his attitude, so you kind of got to have Gargano and Larray go over. Absolutely. Um, I'm a massive Larray fan as well. Um, I've loved her twist, like her turn. I think it's been yeah. really cool. I was actually really scared about it because I didn't want it to happen. I was like, oh, her and Bailey, for me, uh, I've kind of said in the past that I would be quite happy to just see their whole career as faced, you know. But if anything, I've been totally proven wrong over the last year because they've both transitioned perfectly. And I think they're both doing really good work as heels. So um, credit to those two ladies. But, yeah, I would definitely, Candace leads the push. But um, I'm just a little worried that, if you push Candace too far right now, that she get buried by Charlotte eventually. So I'm a bit concerned that hopefully Rhea beats or EO picks up the title anyway. So then Charlotte can kind of fuck off uh, back to Raw or SmackDown. So then hopefully I haven't got to worry about that down the line, but it's, it's just in the back of my mind. And um, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. But, um, but yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Um, so then that we'll move it on to backlash now then. Uh, which will take place a week later. Um, <laughs> the greatest wrestling match ever. Edge versus Randy Orton. Are you buying this? Uh, no, because I think it'll be a decent wrestling match, but the match at WrestleMania was the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. I think the WrestleMania match went about 20 minutes too long. I thought it was all right for a, a bit, and then it kind of went on and dragged. Um, but yeah, who are they trying to kid with this kind of greatest wrestling match thing ever? Um, yeah, and, I mean, Okada and Tanahashi aren't walking through that door. Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole aren't walking through that door, so I don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. Even fucking Shawn Michaels, who is like on, on WWE Creative or whatever right now for NXT, he must be looking at this thinking, motherfuckers, you know what I mean? Like, you've got someone like Shawn Michaels sitting there and you're going to call this the greatest yeah. wrestling match ever. Behave. Bret um, Hart rolling over in his grave and he's not even <laughs> dead yet. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Uh, I actually think this will be all right. I know it sounds kind of weird, but I actually think I'll be into it compared to the last one because um 
so I didn't do a podcast over WrestleMania because of like how I felt about it all when I was quite depressed at the time and stuff. So um, I didn't kind of give these two um, much attention when it, when it came to it. And hopefully this time round I can enjoy it more. So, but I'm glad. So a lot of people were like, oh, why are we getting this again? And I'm glad that this is happening um, in an empty arena rather than wasting some of the big matches that you can have with Edge, you know? Because, um, yeah. I mean, some of those matches will need crowd pops, you know, by the time you get to Edge and Rollins or Edge and Styles, for example, you need crowds for those matches. So um, I'm not I'm not against seeing Randy Orton versus Edge for a little while, to be honest. I reckon there'll be a couple of different stipulations matches that will continue on from here as well. So we'll see. Um, but I'm going to go for Randy Orton to win this one. Yeah, I, I'm, I am going with Edge to win it. So you I think, think it's going to be a while before Edge loses. You think Edge is going back-to-back wins on Randy? Yeah, I don't. I think it's going to be a while before Edge loses. So I'm only going Orton because, like I said, I think this will continue. So that's I why. think they'll use it for like some good heat, but I don't want it to continue. I really don't. Oh, I don't think anyone does. I don't think anyone wants it now. But like, I, I, I want to see Edge against the new people, like he was talking about. I want to see him against Kevin Owens and uh, you know the other people on Raw. I want to see him against new wrestlers. I don't want to see him just against Randy Orton. Sure. Um, yeah, no, the only thing I would say back to that is I don't, I don't want to see those matches in the current climate context. I want to see those matches when we're kind of in some sort of rea- like normal reality because they deserve that, you know. So, And if Edge is only going to come around every so often, you know, like he skips money in the bank, but he's doing backlash, he might do SummerSlam and then go away again until maybe, I don't know, they said he signed full time, but that never really works out, does it, with these people? So it'd be interesting to see what they do moving forward. So cool. Um, I'm literally just going through what's on Wikipedia. There's only like four matches listed at the moment. So okay. um, Braun Strowman defending his universal title in a handicap match against the Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey. Uh, I think I think it's Braun Strowman. I can't see why anyone would think it would be the Miz or Morrison. These handy- yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping Big Otis cashes in after the match, though. Okay, so I'll get to that in a second. But do you think um, these handicap matches for titles never really go to plan? Like they're, you'd they're think, just... you'd think like, oh, two on one, they have to win that, and then they won't. <laughs> you know, so it's um, yeah, it's going to be Braun Strowman. So all right, going with Otis then. Do you think he's going to potentially cash in and win the title? Uh, yes. Okay, that's cool. And you think it could happen as soon as this pay-per-view? Yeah, and I think, you know, I think it's all setting up Mandy screwing him over and going back heel. Okay. Oh, I like what Mandy's doing at the moment. I think Sonya plays the heel much better. It's actually one of the only things I'm enjoying on SmackDown right now, the Sonya and Mandy thing. Um, I think Otis will lose his cash-in eventually. I, that pains me to say because I love Otis and it's like he's been the, he's been like the feel good moment for the last however many months. But <laughs> he, is he ready to be top champion? Although the universe, I mean, what does what does that mean now? You know, is is Braun ready to be the top champion? Oh, I I would say he he was ready hundred percent, and I would actually say that they missed a chance with him a few years back. You know, yeah. they, sh- 
They missed their window. I think they completely missed their window with them, and it's just now it just feels uncomfortable. They couldn't even come up with an actual challenger, so they put two people up against them. Yeah, I think it's just filler, though, to kind of extend Strowman's um, title reign to SummerSlam to face the Fiend. I think that's what's happening here. I'm not sure, though. Thoughts? What did you say? What match was it again? Uh, Strowman. So I think that this is kind of filler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, to get him to uh, SummerSlam versus the Fiend. Yeah, that would be my prediction at this stage. Um, which is why I can't see Otis cashing in anytime soon. Um, yeah. Or even if he does, I think he's going to be unsuccessful, really. don't know. I mean, my prediction straight after Money in the Bank was that he was kind of going to lose it in Mr. Kennedy style, you know, and not even have the opportunity to try and cash in. He'll lose it to Ziggler or something. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Uh no, I, 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 you know, I honestly think they're gonna go all the way with the oldest thing to try to get some fans in. Okay, yeah, that's a fair assessment because he is probably the one of the biggest ratings draws at the moment. So maybe you could be right. I hope you're right. I, like, as much as it, as much as it makes me think like he's not ready to be champion, why the fuck not? Do you know what I mean? Like WWE programming hasn't made any sense recently. So I'm like, put the universal title on Otis. Fuck yeah, do it. You know, so Universal titles trash anyway. No one really cares for it anyway. So, um, nope. Um, okay. Speaking of something that I don't care about. So, <laughs> although I will care about it eventually, but Charlotte Flair, Nia, and uh, Natalia facing this week uh, to face Oscar. This is actually on Wikipedia as a match because obviously it's going to happen. So, um, who do you think Oscar will lose at this point? I think Nia will win and then lose to Oscar. Yeah, I would say that. Apart from my wild, stupid WWE booking earlier, where I said Charlotte Flair being Charlotte Flair will hold all the titles. Um, Yeah, the one that makes sense in the sense of how they've been building it would be Nia to win this match by beating Natalia, and then, yeah, losing to Oscar to give Oscar a win at the first pay-per-view defending it. So, yeah, that would make sense. Cool. Um, and then hopefully this would probably main event show um, your boy Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Boot to the face. There you go. <laughs> Bobby Lashley's boot to Drew McIntyre's face. No, I'm three, I'm two, why? Yeah. Do you yeah, think that it's... three, two, one gimmick would be over right now? Yes, it would absolutely be over. Do you think people would be chanting that shit everywhere? Yes, I think Drew would – I wouldn't be a massive star, but would have been elevated quite a bit if fans have been around. I think so too, actually. And I'm I'm kind of hoping he holds the title. Um, I'm kind of hoping he holds the title until at least um, fans are back in attendance because he deserves that, you know? Yeah. Personally. All right, cool. So that is a little preview of Backlash. Because I only do these shows on the back of pay-per-views, the the predictions are always a little bit sloppy, and things can change between now and then. So just take whatever that is. Take that how you want to take that, essentially. So um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this thing up? 
Uh, that's all I have in the wrestling world. I gave all my tidbits. Um, <laughs> I love that. We love your tidbits, if that's <laughs> not weird or not. Um, I always end this the same sort of way. Um, what? So with the same sort of questions at the end. It's obviously obvious answers, of course, but current favorite active wrestler? Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, not just Cody. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, no, it's Rhodes. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He wants the Rhodes name not said, but I say it every time. What would happen if Cody faced Drew? Cody would win. You'd go Cody, would you? Uh, it depends. If it's in the WWE, I'll go with Drew. I think Drew looks like how Vince wants his champions to look like. And if I ever was given the book at WWE, I would try to write to what Vince likes. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, you summed that up quite well. So if it was for the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre. But if it was for anything in AEW, Cody. Cody, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'll answer the question too. Mine is always going to be Candice LeRae for now. Hasn't changed since I started doing this. Um, what is your social media info as well? Do you want to put over your All Things Elite show? Um, yes, uh, All Things Elite on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Shows generally come out every Saturday. We recorded uh, an instant reaction show for Double or Nothing, so you can follow us at AT Elite Pod. If for some reason you're feeling up to it, I don't post a lot, but you can go to at Floyd Johnson Jr. and follow that if you want. Cool. I mean, I follow you anyway on all these things, but um, people out there, if you enjoy listening to Floyd, I mean, if it's okay with you as well, I'm probably going to ask you to come on here a lot because I enjoy talking to you, especially about AEW, because you're the most diehard that I know. So I always appreciate your time. If I, I, and I love when you say that, that I'm the most diehard that you know. It's it's actually pretty much a sticker of pride for me. <laughs> That's good to hear. So, um, yeah, no, once again, thank you for coming on. I hope people have enjoyed your insights and um, enjoyed listening to the show. So uh, that is going to be all from me this time. I will see you after uh backlash because i'm going to do in your house and backlash together not sure who i'm going to ask to come on yet maybe steve if he's listening might give you a shout uh yeah yeah as we mentioned him earlier i feel like i'll need to ask him i haven't had him on since the rumble so um but yeah cool once again thanks for coming on floyd you want to say a farewell to my listeners all right well you have a good one uh just remember it's all the work don't forget to kick out it too I love how you say that. That's such a cool thing to finish a show on. I have nothing to finish my show on. I always just say, see you later. But yeah, thanks again, Floyd. And um, listeners, I will see you down the road. Thank you and bye-bye. Mamma mia! Mamma mia! Are you kidding me?